Buckle Up is the Junk Monk Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Junk Monk Podcast. You are tuning into part two of the season two recap. So if you haven't already listened to part one, make sure you catch up on that. Otherwise, we're going to continue with our countdown and discuss our top eight episodes for the second season of Monk. All right, so we're going to get started here with our eighth episode, um, work our way all the way down to number one. So yeah. starting it off is the 12th episode of season two, Mr. Monk and the TV Star. Here's what happened. In the open, we see a famous actor, Brad Terry, leaving his house with camera crews outside asking him about a recent bar fight he was in. While being interviewed, his ex-wife, Susan, is heard screaming from inside the house. He runs in to save her, but it's too late. She's been stabbed and killed while doing yoga. When the gang shows up to investigate, they are all starstruck except Monk, who's not fully convinced of Brad's innocence. Monk finds several off things, but Brad Terry has an answer for everything. He even passes a polygraph. Monk continues to investigate, then a huge break. Marcy Maven, Terry's number one fan, has confessed to the murder. Monk reluctantly takes Brad off the suspect list, and the gang is thrilled. They can now hang out with Terry, unhindered by their conflict of interest. While on set of Brad's hit TV show, Monk discovers a disturbing fact. He's a sociopath. He caught him in a lie while he was hooked up to a heart rate monitor and noticed his pulse never changed, which is how he beat the polygraph. Monk goes to investigate at the scene one more time and discovers a missing yoga tape and the TV turned all the way up. He puts it together. First, the bar fight. Terry had picked this fight because he needed reporters to be following him around so he could have witnesses. Then he took an old horror movie that his wife was in and edited her scream into the yoga tape that she was using. He turned the sound of the workout all the way down so that his wife would have to turn the volume all the way up. Then, while he was outside, the loud scream played. When Terry rushes in, Susan is confused by the video, and Terry then stabs her, and no one outside is the wiser. Marcy Maven had confessed because she had figured all of this out, and she wanted to protect him. And in the end, she becomes Monk's number one fan for solving the case. So, Candace, what did you like about this episode? Well, um, not a bad one. I like. I do like. Um, I do like quite a few things. Um, let's see. My first thing would be um the whole we kind of talked about this before already but the theme song debacle right we talked about how uh marcy comes up to sharona with a petition for brad terry to change the theme song back to the old theme song so again it was a nod to the new theme song that monk right you know has now um and then at the end whenever again we discussed this but whenever she comes up to monk at his apartment and we discover that she's now his number one fan and then she's really creepy and just says promise me one thing if you get a tv show promise that you never change the theme song right (laughs) and he's like i promise (laughs) so that's good um, yeah. Do you have anything? Uh, yeah. Um, kind of a small part and pretty insignificant, but um, just the drunk guy at the bar who um, Monk continually bought the really expensive scotch. Oh, my gosh. Uh, that was the worst. <laughs> that was the worst. He kept kept ordering water so that Monk would have to keep buying him drinks. So I thought that was pretty funny. That was messed up. It was yeah. like $20 scotch, <laughs> and he had to pay $20 every single time the guy poured another thing. So that guy's like, oh. I'll have another water. Yeah. Okay. But I recognize that guy from somewhere. I don't remember. 
But... The the drinker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I do, too. That's yeah. funny that you said that. But, yeah, it was pretty funny. I like the... We have a little Randy and Sharona moment where they're at the party, and Randy asks her, Sharona if she wants to dance. And she's like, oh, I'm not much of a dancer. And Randy's like, oh, okay. And then Brad Terry comes up and is like, oh, do you want to dance? And Randy's like, she's not much of a dancer. And he's like, oh, it's okay. I'll teach you. <laughs> and then they walk off and Randy's like, dang, that was a good one. <laughs> yeah, that was a good line. Yeah. Um, What I do really like, and I think it's kind of season two overall, but that it kind of does is it, it starts to kind of give Sharona and Randy those like little flirt moments yeah which we do see them in season one but the power struggle is so evident between like just the captain and monk in general right that yeah it's it's almost like a you don't know if they're flirting or if they're actually mad right at each other yeah yeah and this i feel like this season you kind of pick up more on the yeah they're flirting yeah it doesn't throw it in your face but it does kind of give you like little stuff like that where he asks her to dance and it's like maybe it's a little bit more there than just Oh, he's just asking her because she's standing there. Yeah. So another another thing, it's not it's not an overarching theme, but it's a very big scene where, um, like the synopsis said, where they're all unhindered by their conflict of interest, so they all can take jobs on the set. So Stottlemyre is going to be a police consultant, and then Randy's going to be an actor, and then I don't think Sharona does anything. She's just hanging out with Brad Terry, I guess. Right. Then they're all on the set, and Randy's, like, practicing his line. What does he say? Um, Screw the backup. I'm going in. And then he's, like, trying to practice it, and he's like, screw the backup. I'm going in. And he's like, do I sound like a real cop? And then Sharona's like, you'll never sound like a real cop. So that was cute. And then Stottlemyre is teaching them how to, like, arrest someone. And he's like, oh, it's like a dance. You just put their arm back and their other arm, and you snap the bracelets, and you do them. He's like, oh, there's nothing to it. And they're like, oh, thanks. And then Stottlemyre's, like, thinks he's all cool. And so he's like, no problem. And he puts his arm on the the parking meter, and it falls over because it's a prop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I love that. It was funny. Yeah. Kind of in that same keeping, too, is, like, whenever Monk kind of inadvertently becomes, like, the continuity guy. Yes, in, that's in awesome. There, you know, just because he realizes, like, oh, no, 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 that was not the same as the Cause shot the, Because the lady, she's the actual continuity person, and she's like, oh, you know what? He has to use a different finger. He used a different finger on that take. He needs to make sure he uses his pinky. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, sorry about that. I'll make sure. And Monk and, goes off And Monk it. is like, wait, so what are they doing? And then they explain it. He's like... Oh, in that case, this guy's umbrella is backwards. This headlight was out. This thing was on. This other was off. And then there's a bird <laughs> flying. He's like, through I the don't scene. know if you can get the bird to do that again, but we could keep shooting. <laughs> we could keep shooting, and maybe it'll come back around. Yeah, that is golden. I yeah. love that. That's a that's a really that's a funny scene there. Um, do you have any more? Well, I guess mine's <clears throat> kind of a quote because again, it's. I think that's one reason that I actually do like this episode is because there's entire scenes that have such great content. Right. It's not just necessarily one-liners. It's like that whole continuity scene. And this one, the whole summation scene is really good when they figure out that he used the yoga tape and Stottlemyre, well, the whole gang actually shows up, right? And Brad Terry is in the editing room with his editor. And then, because, um, you know, the, the TV star, he's on a crime show. 
so he's a detective on his show. So then Stottlemyre comes in and says, uh, this is my favorite part whenever you say what happened in the case and then you get the bad guy. And then Brad Terry's like, oh, thanks. And he's like, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to Mr. Monk. Yeah. And then so Mr. Monk goes on and obviously tells the summation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought that the, I guess the murder kind of overall, I thought that it was kind of because we didn't know how he did it. We didn't know what had really happened. Like, we had to kind of trust Monk. We had to kind of see it evolve and turn into what it did. And I thought that that was kind of cool. That I mean, because it wasn't, it probably wasn't the funniest episode that we've watched or or things like that, but it was, it it kind of brought you in with that. And I liked that part of it because we really didn't know what had happened. Yeah. I mean, you know, she screamed and we're like, I mean, Brad Terry's standing outside talking to the media, you know, like he wasn't in there. Yeah. And, and because I don't think you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think that at any other point in the episode till the end, till the end, we don't know that he did it. Right. Cause there's a lot of times where you just assume that monk is right. Right. Because he's monk. Right. And it, you still do in this episode. There's nothing really different about that, but usually somewhere midpoint, they show you, oh yep, he did totally yeah. do it. Before he officially catches them. Yeah. yeah. They show him they show them usually doing something else evil. Yeah. And so you're like, oh yeah, my monk was right. And you kind of just take that for granted. But in this episode, they didn't say anything. Like he passes the polygraph and then he, he does the heart rate thing. So Monk's starting to get like, you know, follow the trail, but still we as the audience never know yeah. that he is actually has actually done it. Yeah. And it actually gets to the point where Monk does let him off the hook. Although it was reluctantly, he yeah. does, he does say, Okay, I guess I guess y'all are right and which allows them to run off and get their own movie star roles, you know. Yeah. But um yeah, so I thought that was kind of a cool yeah. twist in, in this season and, and something a little bit different. Yeah. Um and I have that I thought that the crime was really clever with the tape yeah. that he turned the TV all the way up yes. or that he made her turn the TV all the way up. Like what a great trick. Like I, yeah. I edit things all the time. So I was watching it like, Oh dang. Oh, that's it, wow. Like that's clever. I yeah, don't know. There don't you know. go. Um, I think that's it. Um, the only other thing would be just a little bit of more quotes on the summation where, like I said, he says, you know, Mr. Monk, I was talking to Mr. Monk. And then so Monk says, here's what happened. And he says everything. And then Randy cuffs him. And he's like, it's just like dancing. And he makes a reference to that. And then uh, I think it's Sharona who says, and he didn't even need a spectroscope, that tool or whatever that they use that Monk is like, that's not a thing. You look like a metal detector. You cannot do that. (laughs) It like picks up. You just point it at something and it tells you everything about that thing. Yeah. Like they had like a fiber and they're like, this is from Peru or something stupid. Like, yeah. 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 And then, yeah, yeah. No, that's it. That's it. Okay. Um, Didn't like, really the only thing that I had in there written down, I'm sure there was other things, but I thought that Kroger was, inappropriate in discussing the birthday party (laughs) of the the sixth grade birthday. And he's like, it was a good party. So if you don't remember, Adrian is in his therapist's office and he's talking about this birthday party that he's been, he's kind of equivocating it to him feeling left out about Brad Terry, that everyone else loves Brad, Brad loves them, but he feels left out of that. And so he's talking about a birthday party that happened when he was eight or 10 or or something. Sixth grade. And he starts talking about the birthday party, and then Dr. Kroger... Yeah, is like, oh, are you talking about so-and-so? 
I went to that party. And it's like. And then Adrian's oh, like, really? was it fun? Yeah. And he's like, mm, yeah. I'm, it was a good party. Yeah. And, yeah. You're, and he's, he's, he said, I met. Some, Willie Mays. Yeah. I met <laughs> Willie Mays at that party. Like, really? And, and he just goes on and you're like, okay, so Dr. Kroger. Like, yeah, though. find the line here. So um, it was funny. But at the same time, you're like, Kroger needs to be more, you know, um, professional. Yeah. Um, I have that everyone's starstruck, and it reminded me of the Twelfth Man, yeah. where everyone is like suck up to the mayor. So right. it kind of was almost like the same, not storyline, but you know the same like whatever. Um, so they're being total suck ups. And then my only other thing was, I I have a thing about this because I watch a lot of other crime shows, and this one's not a super serious crime show. Yeah. Where ne- necessarily everything goes by procedure or the book. But I feel like to do this a lot, Randy straight up just grabs that yoga tape from the shelf and yep. he's touching it. And I'm going, oh my gosh. Like, I would think I was saying out loud, like, uh, he's touching that. What is he doing? And then he picks up, uh, he picks up a pair of gloves and uses the gloves in his hand like it's an oven mitt or, mm-hmm. you know, like it's a towel. I'm like, Randy, put on the gloves. You're at a crime scene. Right. Like. Be a cop. Like, yep. Let's do this. Um, but yeah, that was my last thing, actually. Awesome. So, um, yeah, I think that's all that I had for Mr. Monk and the TV star then. So so we're on number... Should be number seven. seven. Okay, yep. number seven. Okay, okay, so this next episode is called Mr. Monk Goes to Mexico. Here's what happened. So this is the second episode in season two. In the open, we see three college kids on spring break in Baja, Mexico. One of the young men is skydiving as the others watch from below. The two below are shocked when the diver's parachute does not deploy, then horrified as he smashes to his death straight into the ground. The next scene, we see the boy's body being autopsied, where the medical examiner exclaims that the boy didn't die from the fall, but from drowning. Monk is asked to go to Mexico as a favor to the mayor. On three separate occasions during his stay, someone tries to kill Adrian. No one can connect these incidents with the crime until the end. It turns out the medical examiner, Dr. Madero, was out to get Monk from the start. Back in the States, Madero had been involved in an insurance scam, and Monk had been a part of him getting his license revoked. Madero had to find a way to get Monk down to Mexico in order to kill him. He found the college boy at a resort, gave him an anonymous coupon for skydiving, cut his parachute, and then filled the boy's lungs with water during his examination so that it would appear that he mysteriously drowned. He did this in hopes that the mayor would call Monk in to help, and it worked. He is busted after he sneaks into Monk's room to plant a bomb, and then Monk smells mentholated cream on the curtains in his room, which Dr. Madero uses during his exams. Madero is charged with three murders in the end, and Monk and Sharona get the heck out of Dodge. So that was Mr. Monk Goes to Mexico. Yeah. So what did you like about this episode? Um... So one of the things that I did like also, and it kind of is the same thing as uh, Mr. Monk and the TV star, but it kept the killer secret as well. So, you know, and you love to see Monk solve the murder and you love to know and like have those moments like, um, you know, how he had with the snake where he's like, I think the snake did it right. Mm -hmm. Or he's dealing with uh, that school teacher. Um, I also like it whenever they do keep it secret because you get to see him investigate and you get to see those things. So I really like that. I thought that it was really creative and like where it was because the whole time you're sitting there going, 
how in the world did he drown? He fell out of the airplane. Yeah. What the heck's going on? So it's like you were another one of those suckers like the yeah. whole time going. And they actually, wow. they actually put the pieces together really well because they, because you could think that maybe he died in the airplane or he died before he went up or whatever, but they're talking to the guy on the phone. Yeah. They're like, jump, do it, jump. So and really he's like, okay, I'm think... jumping yeah. because it's him talking on the phone because we never see that guy, mm-hmm. you know? Right. So they actually do a really good job of covering their bases so that you don't think, oh, well, he died before he went up there or the, the pilot killed him exactly. or something. You yeah. know that he jumped and you see him falling out of the sky alive. He's yeah. moving. Yep. He tries to pull the chute and it doesn't work. Yeah. So you see him alive all the way until he hits the ground. Yeah. So, so. you have no clue, like, what in the world's going on? So that, like, suspense throughout, um, you know, that overarching for the episode, for me, that was what, what I found most appealing about the episode. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, I have the mystery was really interesting and that Dr. Madero was way out of left field. Also... I actually agreed with the other detective whenever he was like, oh, it was the resort owner. Um, He must have, that kid must have like accidentally drowned in the pool for being too drunk. Yeah. And then they set it up so that he would fall out of the sky. Right. But then the the, uh, skydiving instructor, like, I had nothing to do with it. Like, he pushed back hard. Yeah, against yeah. all that. But yeah. I did. But I did agree with yeah. him. So but, I was again, like, "How is that not the most logical explanation?" Yeah, if it would have showed Doctor Maduro like putting water in his lungs, we'd be like, "Oh, he's the guy, right?" Like, yeah. So all of the everything else is just noise. But it's like whenever they do suggest, like, "Oh, it was the resort owner," you're going, "Man, could be." Yeah. You know, I don't know, and so you start to put those pieces together, and it's like, but at the same time. Like you said, it gives you the information at the beginning where they're on the phone and you're going, but how could it have been them? Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. It was good. It keeps you. It keeps you hanging on. Yeah. I liked, uh, it it was kind of like, it's not as much as I remember though. When I was younger and I watched this episode, when I watched it back, but that the, the Captain uh, Stoudemire and Randy, like the the Mexican version (laughs) of, yes. I put their doppelganger Mexican. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 And it's like, because in my mind, I remembered that. As, like, being something that was really funny. And, like, they played to it. It wasn't as much as I remembered, like, as, like, on mm-hmm. point. So they didn't, they weren't trying to copycat them. But at the same time, they did, like, give that same relationship to those two. Well, see, that's funny because I actually didn't notice it. This was the first time I noticed Oh, really? Them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, again, it's super obvious when you watch it. You're like, oh, he has a mustache. The the guy's goofy and he flirts with Sharona. But even then, another note, I never realized that Sharona and Randy were flirting. Right. So it was like, yeah. I mean, I watched them. This was like when I was in high school. Right. You know? So it's like, give cut me some slack, guys. Cut me some slack. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely like the, it's all about the drugs. It's always the drugs. <laughs> it's funny. Um, and then I have when... Sharona and Monk are trying to get those obnoxious guys to give them information and Sharona out drinks them. They have the contest and Monk's like, I don't drink. And she's like, it's okay. I do. And so they play, (laughs) they play the game or whatever. And the two guys are going back and forth, chugging a pitcher and Sharona just like, go, 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 go. go, The whole thing. And she does, oh, it's awesome. And then she burps and asks, she asks if they want to do another one. (laughs) uh, You want to do it again? Oh my gosh, it's too much. Um, things that I liked, that was kind of my main thing. I just really liked the um, the plot of it. 
Okay. Um, so I mean, there were funny see. parts too, but it's like it's hard when everything's funny. <laughs> um, okay, I've got the, I've got when Monk comes back from the dead, and I don't know why it's not it's it's honestly not one of my favorite like story parts mm-hmm. of the episode, but when right. he comes back and he opens the door because everyone thinks he's dead, and he he obviously he hasn't drink drank yeah. any water yeah, either, yeah, yeah, so he's yeah. parched and he's like that officer outside said that I was dead. I'm not dead. Am I? Right. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was another cute oblivious monk moment. He thought he was dead. I don't know. Uh-uh. I thought that was cute. And then the last thing that I have is the parched summation. Because, again, yeah. he hasn't drank anything. He only drinks Sierra Springs. Somebody stole his luggage, so he doesn't have any water. He's like, I know what happened. And he's talking, and it just gets more and more hoarse as he goes on. While he's trying to run out of Mexico. like <laughs> Yeah. And then whenever they confront Madero... He's like, he was a thirsty victim. I mean, a perfect victim. (laughs) Oh, that's my last thing that I liked. Yeah, but see, that leads to something I didn't like, is like all these people around town are freaking drinking Sierra Springs the whole time, and Monk can't find one bottle of water. Yeah. Because like in the interrogation, oh, this is the last one. And then the kid who's like on spring break is drinking a Sierra Springs. It's like all these people are drinking Sierra Springs. And yet treating him like he's stupid because he can't find any. That's yeah, like... that was one of my... I, I only have two things written down, but the obnoxious spring breaker. Yeah. When Sharon is just being like a normal person and it's like, oh, hey, he hasn't drink drank anything in three days. Can he have that bottle? I'll pay you 20 bucks. And then he's so obnoxious and he just puts it all over the girl and squeezes the yeah. bottle like, woo, spring break. And you're like... I wanted to punch that guy. Yeah. I would, because when you're watching it, you know, you always get thirsty. Yeah, you're right. And you're like, I don't know, I'm kind of parched too. <laughs> and he just does that with the bottle. It was, that was just messed up. Yeah, no. But Monk, like, he plays it so good though. It's so funny watching him be like, I don't have any water. Like his reaction? Yeah, like, well, just the, the whole episode. Oh, though, oh like, when he doesn't have water. Parched. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all the way up to the summation though. It's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> Um, do you have anything else? I just have one thing. Um, I thought that it was a little weird that they, I didn't feel like the guy who, who was supposed to look like a monk who was wearing his suit, like really looked like monk that much. And like the captain and them, the, the, the Mexican version of the captain, I forget his name, but the Mexican captain and, and Lieutenant, they like met him. And everything. And then this guy dies and they're like, oh, it was Monk. Like, so you're going to go tell the whole world and call everybody before you ask somebody to identify the body? You already called Stottlemyre? Yeah. Like, I I just felt like that was a little strange that they, like, had him die before he confirmed it was, like, calling the whole world and telling everybody that he died. Okay. So my thing is, like, directly related to that because it's about the doppelganger, but I don't understand that part at all. Um, okay, first I don't like that Monk gets his bag stolen because he brings like 18 suitcases. He's there for like less than five minutes checking into the hotel and then all of his bags have disappeared. Never says why. Right. So then the doppelganger is the person who stole the bags, right? Because he is wearing Monk's clothes. Right. Granted, he also has a fro like Monk. Yeah, like a So firm. how, like it's, I don't understand. I get lost just talking about it because it, it doesn't random. it doesn't make sense because the guy has a fro, right? So he looks like Monk, but that doesn't have anything to do with his suitcases. 
He didn't have a fro afro wig in his suitcase. And it didn't have anything to do with Madero. Right? And it had nothing to do with Madero because you would think that that something happened with Madero where he stole the suitcases, where he has a doppelganger that looks like Monk for some reason. But Madero kills the doppelganger because he thinks he's Monk. Right. So <laughs> He didn't steal it. He's not the one that set up the whole doppelganger thing or the theft of the suitcases. And Monk follows the doppelganger the first time that he almost gets ran over. How convenient. Like... Yeah. Yeah, it, it was weird. It seemed like a random kind of... Because you know they do this from time to time. They just like throw something in there just to make it convenient for everything else to yes. work out. It seemed very on the nose for that. Yeah. yeah, which I did also like the scene though of him Stoudemire figuring out that Muck died, and then he gets called back, and he's like, "I hate that man." After going, "I love that man." If I that man him. does not have a full dress funeral, <laughs> I quit. Yeah, yeah. Like I hate Muck. Yeah. yeah, never mind. That was good. All right, so let's let's move on. Let's move on. All right, number six on the countdown is the seventh episode in season two, Mister Monk and the Sleeping Suspect. Here's what happened. In the opening scene, we see Stoudemire and Disher being harassed by a passing motorist as he smashes into their car. He is trying to initiate a car chase and gets hit by a large truck. Next, we see a woman, Amanda Babbage, opening a forwarded package while she's moving into her new home. The package exploded upon opening. It was a mail bomb. Mr. Monk is called in on the case and discovers that Amanda had two brothers with motive, inheritance money. But he rules out her kid brother, Ricky, because he knew her new address. Monk suspects her older brother, Brian, who did not know her new address. But that's because he's been in coma for weeks. Brian was the guy in the first scene who had been harassing the police and crashed his car. That led him to be in a coma. While investigating it more, Monk goes to Brian's house where the maid opens up another bomb addressed to Brian. But Monk still suspects Brian simply mailed the bomb to himself to divert suspicion. But how did the sleeping suspect do it? Well, he had used glue to attach the packages to the inside of the postal boxes so that they would be unseen by the postman. Once the glue had dried up, the packages would fall down, then be delivered at random times. Brian was trying to be in jail when it happened, hence harassing the police officers, but instead created an even better alibi, his coma. He is caught in the end when he wakes up and after they bring a look-alike bomb package to his hospital room. When he freaks out that the bomb will explode, his guilt is sealed. What did you like about this episode, Candace? Well, I liked Detective Sharona. Um, she is the one that actually has the hunch about there being no accomplice in the beginning. Because we know that the ATF agent, this is the one where the ATF agent comes. Right. And Stoudemire is using Monk to solve the case. And Monk thinks it's the guy in the coma and Stottlemyre's like, please, for the love of God, give me something else besides the coma guy. I think it, maybe it was Randy that said, well, maybe he's an accomplice. And then Sharona's like, no, that's, I said that he didn't use an accomplice because he wouldn't want anyone to be in on it with him. And he didn't know that he was going to be in a coma. So, yeah, so I really like that. Uh, obviously, it's Monk who has to convince the captain for sure, but Sharona is actually the one that comes... And I, I feel like they slide that in there. Like, I don't even know if you remember that. I just noticed that they slide that in there. Like, Sharona's like, oh, no, I thought of that, but he didn't know he was going to be in a coma. Right. So, Detective Sharona at it again. 
Yeah, because um, I liked Monk convincing Stoudemire whenever he's like, that's a pretty good alibi <laughs> about being in a coma. Because it's like, Monk knows it's crazy, but he also knows it's him. And so it's like, it's funny because Stoudemire needs something, needs an out somehow. And Monk's like, it's a great alibi. <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. Um, I think maybe, are you talking about, I know like that's an overarching thing, but there's a scene where the ATF agent is like, Stoudemire, like give me something. And there's a, the, the way that they shot it is Stoudemire's face is filling up the screen. Right. And then behind him out of focus, really small in the background is Monk. And then so Stoudemire's just sitting there like, well, and then it goes into focus behind and it's Monk. Monk. And he's like, yeah. Does like, he wink mm-hmm. at him? Yeah, he winks. Yeah. He, he like giving him a head nod like, mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. He, you know it. <laughs> say it. Say it. And then he wink. And you're like, oh my gosh, Monk. I love that. It's so cute. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> he's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Um, another part that I liked was Benji's birthday party. And he gives Monk all the presents to guess. He shakes them, and then Monk figures out what they are by shaking them, and all the kids are all impressed. I I love those moments where it's obviously like Benji is, you know, using him for his abilities, but Benji's such a sweet stand-up kid, and we know this, that he's he's not using him, like using him, using him. He's just like proud of him like right. oh look this is my mom's boss this is mr monk he's so cool like watch what he can do like not like yeah w- watch what this weirdo can do like, like not he's so fun of him yeah he's really yeah. proud of him and then all the kids are think he's really cool too so i think it's good for benji and for monk yeah. and their relationship i think it's really cute right um i think i just like these episodes that kind of have a really creative murders i guess i don't know yeah like where yeah this is what you did fight for this one because we put this countdown together and you fought for this one to be yeah up. yeah yeah I, I really like the episode i don't have a whole lot written down i thought uh randy's first car chase <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, and so i was like well what'd you think <laughs> yeah because he says if i'm gonna be honest sir i've been waiting for this my whole life and they get into the car and but the guy Rex yeah. at the beginning. So how he gets in a coma. Yeah, how he gets in a coma. So they're like, all right, here we go, in pursuit. And he crashes, and then, yeah, he's like, so what'd you think? <laughs> yeah, that was really good. Yeah. Um, I have when, at the end, the, the final bomb that is meant to go off, it's at Ricky's apartment. And Ricky's such a coward and throws the bomb to Sharona. And so Sharona's holding it. And then I think they cut to a commercial break because it comes right back to the <laughs> yeah. same spot, right? And uh, I'm pretty sure she's standing like in a, in a different, different. Yeah, she's standing in a different position, <laughs> like, and the bomb is open now, and it was closed before. Yeah, yeah. it was pretty. It was a pretty bad cut. Um, but Monk is like, "It's okay. It's okay. Just don't move. It's okay." It's okay. Chirona's like, could you stop saying okay and do something? And he's like, okay, it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so funny. I don't know why. Um, Do you have anything else? Uh, Yeah, I did like uh, Sharona flirting with Randy with his new tie. I think he says like, oh, my girlfriend got it for me or something. And she's like, oh, she has good taste or something. And he says like, me or the tie. I don't know. There's a scene there where they're flirting. Oh, I, I vaguely, I can't remember. I, yeah. I, I remember the line. Yeah. I, would need I just liked it because, like, again, their relationship starting to, like, 
become something like is, is yeah fun. yeah. I can't even read my own handwriting. Uh, his name is Camille Swarma, which he's the post office guy. He's the Indian guy who is explaining. He opens the box for them, and he's like, you know, just wear different shades of blue. And Randy's like, <laughs> and claps for him. It's so funny. And then but Monk, Monk is, keeps looking at it. Monk tries to tell the summation, and then the guy keeps interrupting. And then uh, one of the lines that he says when he interrupts and he says, and the USPS became the messenger of evil. (laughs) It's so good. Oh, I love that. Yep. Go. On the negatives, there were more, I thought, the explosion scene. So I kind of have this tied into one, one, but it's two things. But for one, the, the little brother who's an idiot who they're like, oh, don't open the any packages. Okay, I won't. And then goes over there and he's like, these are my cigars. He says, I'm not an idiot. Yeah, I'm not an idiot. And it's like, you're opening a package. Like, what do you mean? And then it's like, a bomb. So <laughs> that's that's annoying. Uh, yeah. But then the other scene there where he has the explosion, so bad. Like, yeah, goodness. Was... Like, I don't even know how to like describe it. It like explodes and it's like, like it's like they 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 take the camera and they zoom it in on their face just do their face reaction and then they use the camera yeah to uh like they use the post person like backwards like i don't even know how to i'd have to watch yeah like like for example when they do stottlemyre's wife when she wrecks they just get her screaming and then they take that shot and they spin it around yeah so that it makes it look like her car's flipping but it's really just that scene Turned right. This and looked like they used a doll and like pulled, put strings on its back and like pulled it. It was like, it was rough. Yeah, it yeah. was rough. It was rough. Yeah. Um, I have the the mean ATF guy. He's really unprofessional and yeah. rude, and he calls Monk Marion the librarian, which is really rude. I do have the the kid brother Ricky. He's a loser. Um, what I also didn't like is another character, the grumpy nurse, when. Monk is like talking to the guy, to the sleeping suspect, which he's a coma patient. But oh, yeah. the nurse comes in and she's all grumpy, which granted, we learned that Monk does unplug his life support. So, but that's the grumpy. The nurse he was, did him a favor. The, the, the nurse was grumpy before then. So she was right. mean. That's true. I didn't like that Sharona, whenever her ex-husband, boyfriend, whatever, Benji's dad comes back, Trevor. Yep. And it's like. Really? And then she drops everything again to, like, leave with him? Yep. And it's, like, sad because you really don't know if she's leaving or not. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, that that was a pretty big downer on the episode. Yeah. that it, Yeah, it really was. Because um, she always dates creeps. Yeah. She knows that, she, that her ex-husband is a creep. She always talks about him being a creep. And then she still gives him the time of the day. When he ends up using her again. Yeah. So at least she figures out before she leaves and she stands up for herself, whatever. Um, but my last thing that I didn't like was that no one would help Monk pick out a present for Benji. Yeah. They're like, oh, it's got to come from you. It's got to be special from you. Since when? Like, like what? Yeah. Like, but he's not a normal, he's, you know, he's not a normal person that he'd get him a normal kid thing. Yeah. Anyway. And then. For someone who doesn't have kids, just to even know, like, okay, well, can you just give tell me, like, what a 10-year-old boy is, like, into? Like, I feel like that's a pretty common question. Yeah. Like, 
I'm a 50 year old man. I don't have children. What would he like? Oh, what has to come from you? Yeah. Like, and especially for someone like Monk. Like, exactly. Spell it out for the guy. Come on Yeah. Now. And then for him to see his disappointed face. like When yeah. he gets him a rock polishing kit. That's so sad. Yeah. I don't like that and part. And he's like, I'm so stupid. I should have. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's the no. look. That's the look on his face. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> that's it. Is that it for you? That's it for me. Okay. Let's do number five. So in our top five, here we go. This next one is called Mr. Monk Goes to the Circus. This is the fourth episode in season two. In the open, we see a couple named Sergey and Ariana eating dinner at an outdoor patio of a restaurant. The dinner is interrupted by a masked assailant who comes in swinging from the fire escape and doing tricks. The criminal then opens fire, shooting and killing Sergey. When Monk is called to the scene, he assumes that, with the acrobatics, there must be a circus in town, and he is right. Going to the circus, we learn that one of the acrobats, Natasha Lovara, was the ex-wife of Sergei and also previously tried to kill him. She is easily the number one suspect, but there's a problem. Her leg is in a cast. She had a fall from 25 feet a few weeks before during her act. This is precisely why Monk thinks she did it, as she was showing off her ability to do flips, creating the doubt of her guilt. However, a doctor's visit proves that her ankle is in fact shattered and broken in multiple places. So how did she do it? Well, she faked her first injury, got a cast, slipped out, and committed the crime. Then after the crime, she used a trained elephant to crush her foot so that her alibi would then check out. Monk catches her in the end by realizing she placed a walkie-talkie behind the elephant's ear to give him commands. He figures she wiped the prints, but not on the batteries she placed inside. He was right, and she was done for. So that was Mr. Monk Goes to the Circus. What did you like about this episode? So I did like uh, the the plot of like the murder again. <laughs> Keep harping on that one of, uh, of but I mean it is a good aspect of the entire show like that's yeah. one thing that besides Monk and all of his funny things that he does the crimes are what is like oh that was a good one yeah yeah so, yeah. yeah and so they do go out on a limb there but I do like just the kind of circus theme of it I thought it lent to some good comedy and stuff um, Monk not liking the sweaty circus people that was pretty good yeah uh, as he refers to them so I thought that that was pretty good just kind of the the whole circus thing was kind of funny because it, it, he had a lot of like it's like a bunch of people who monk would absolutely never touch with a 10 foot pole yeah and yeah. he's like watching him cuz like some of the scenes it, he doesn't even say anything like just him walking through the circus and he's like uh uh, uh oh, yeah. excuse me it's like those scenes that carry on are, are just really funny yeah on that so my kind of overarching theme for why i liked it was sharona and monk are at odds I usually don't like episodes where they're arguing. I like it better when they're a team. But I do like how Monk finally does show empathy. And Sharona doesn't quit for the umpteenth time. Right. In season one, I think she quits twice. Which this might have been... This was before The Sleeping Suspect. But she almost leaves again and goes to New Jersey. Right. So it's like, she has a history of quitting. And Monk does a pretty big screw-up in this episode. And she... She waits around for him to be empathetic. Yeah, I put that she actually tries to teach him. Like, that she actually does, like, stay there and be his nurse, his assistant, his whatever, and help him through it. Yeah. I did. I, I wrote that down. Yeah. Um, I also liked when, uh, again, off the empathy thing. So, if you don't remember what we're talking about, this is when 
Sharona is afraid of elephants and she confides in Monk that she is afraid of elephants and then he tells her to suck it up. Then she's like, are you serious? Are you, you've got me, you must be joking. Then from now on in this episode, whenever he asks for something like a wipe, mm -hmm. she says, suck it up. And then she just says random things. Like she starts smoking. <laughs> and he's like, you can't smoke. You don't smoke. And she's like, I do now. And he's like, this is a police station. You can't smoke in here. And she says, S-I-U. And do you know what that means? And he's like, yes, I know what it means. She's like, suck it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I do like that she she doesn't coddle him. Yeah. She hits she hits back hard. Yeah. Which, I mean, but she does. She's his nurse. She does take care of him. And she does go through those things with him where mm -hmm. she's like, okay, here's your wipe. Here's yeah, this. Here's exactly. that. Oh, he can't do that. He is afraid or whatever. But then he tells her to suck it up. And then also the water bottle. He has his Sierra Springs water bottle and then she takes it and she does the whole like mouth over both ends and drinks it and puts it back. And she's like, suck it up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. That's, that's like a continually funny thing through the episode though. Yeah. But it also is like, it is a big part of something that we didn't like was, you know, him telling her to suck it up yeah i like the scene where the juggler he gets the little orange balls and he's like going 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 or the oranges yeah and and Mike grabs it and he's like just throw it no just, just toss it in whenever you're ready whenever you're ready he keeps going and the he's setup going. and he's like no yeah just whatever and Mike's like okay and he's going and he's going and then Mike's like wham smacks him right in the face with it <laughs> like you're supposed to throw it up in the air and he throws <laughs> just, it at him at like, his face are you sure are you sure Okay, wham! Uh, yeah. yeah, that was really good. I thought that was funny. Um, I really liked the... Okay, so I've been to the circus like one time, I think when I was like four or something. I never liked clowns. I always thought that they tried to be funny, but they weren't. But I will admit, this clown was funny. <laughs> the first time you see him, Monk is on the phone and he's trying to apologize to Sharona. And so it's just really hard to do over, you know, on the podcast. But the... the Monk has his hand up, you know, like he's on the phone, like holding the phone. And then so the, the clown has his hand up like he's on the phone and Monk's like, I'm sorry. And so the clown's like, wee, wee, wee. Like and cry. he's, he's yeah. miming, he's miming everything. And then you see whenever they're doing the summation, Monk is saying like, here's what happened. He did this, she did this, she did this. And then the clown is behind him, like doing all the same hand motions and like pointing his finger and, and putting his hands on his hips and all this stuff. And then Stottlemyre's like, hey, knock it off. And then he goes around and does it to Stottlemyre and he does the same thing. And he's like, yeah, arrest her or whatever. And he, the clown does the same thing and mocks uh -huh. him and does all this stuff. It's so funny. And he's like, all right, that's it. This clown's under arrest. And he's like, what? <laughs> I don't know. I love that clown. He's yeah. actually funny. Yeah. It, it, I think it gave something unique to this episode on the circus and, and being part of that. I do like uh, Monk's boldness to the murder where um, when he's talking to, uh, what's her name? The, the killer girl? Natasha. Natasha. Yeah. Um, when he's talking to her and he says, I'm not missing a thing. Because she's, like, trying to redirect him and, like, do all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I forget what she says to him, but um, that's his response. She's like, don't don't miss the show or something. And he's like, I'm not missing a thing. And he's, like, looking uh, at her like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm seeing it all, you know. And uh, it's it's good. Although it does lend to the, um, you know, 
the killer's always being so smug. Yeah. Um, it's funny because I put, I really like this one. I like the smug criminal, Natasha Lovara. And that's how she says her name, and she's all, like, cool and everything. You know, she's a murderer, but, you know, whatever. Right. But I like how she uses the walkie-talkie at the end. Really clever yep. to put that behind the elephant's ear. Um, I don't know. I just feel like she she's really clever. She's obviously not as much as Monk because she left the prints on the batteries. But um, overall... She's. I feel like she's one smart and and obviously has a very high tolerance for pain. Yeah. She falls off the trapeze for real, and she gets crushed by an elephant. Yeah. She like and, did, did a long setup to kill on her ex husband. Like, yeah. That was uh, a. Yeah. 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 Um. Do you have anything else? Um. For liked it. Mm-hmm. Uh. No. Nothing else for like. I have two more things. One is when Monk can't make the hot chocolate. He's supposed to be taking care of Sharona. Because she is afraid of the elephant and the elephant... Oh, she just saw the guy's head be crushed Yeah. by the elephant. And then so she's sitting on the couch and she has like a blanket on or whatever. And then Monk's like, okay, I'm going to make you some hot cocoa. And then she's like, okay. And he comes back in and he's like, how much is a, a dollop? And she's like, uh, I don't know. It's just like a spoonful. But it says a dollop. I don't know. It's like a pinch. Wait, how much is a pinch? Wait, so how many pinches to a dollop? Wait, I don't. I can't do this. This recipe is impossible. <laughs> She's like, okay, sit down. Like, gives him a blanket. She gives him a blanket, and she goes and makes the cocoa. That's so messed up. Okay, and then my last one is when Sharona is trying to teach Monk sympathy, and she's like, "You need to figure this out." So Monk goes to the therapist Kroger, and Doctor Kroger's like, "I think I'm gonna agree with Sharona on this one. You need to figure this one out." And he's like, "Wait a second you know the answer? And he's like, yes, I do. And he's like, wait, I'm, I'm paying, paying you. You. <laughs> you know the answer, but you're not telling me. And he's like, that's correct. And he's like, uh, <laughs> and then Dr. Kroger's like, if you think about it, the answer, the answer is inside of you. And he's like, no, the answer is inside you. And if you told me, then the answer would be inside me. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love that so much. <sighs> All right, so what did you not like? Really just Monk saying to suck it up. Yeah. Like, I do like Sharona's response to it, and that she kind of makes him pay for it, but um, I didn't like him saying that to her. Yeah, okay, even more so, this is a little pet peeve of mine, is that he promises her that he won't laugh. At her. Yeah. She says, promise you won't laugh. And he says, I never laugh. And then she says, I'm afraid of elephants. And he laughs. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's messed up. Yeah. Like, even more than suck it up, I, I that annoyed me that he laughed. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing was, uh, I, well, I hate ankle injuries because I have a history with that. But, so I hate the sounds and stuff. Where gross. she falls off the... Yeah. So I, I can't look at that every time I close my eyes. But the guy's head getting crushed golly like i hate that in general because are you serious like that's disgusting but and then sharona's face <laughs> sharona had to see it that was so sad and she's like oh my god like can you imagine being scared of like elephants, elephants? and then seeing that like right in front of your face like oh my and god and then it just shows monk's face and he's just like oh whoops okay yeah, I was, can't even imagine yeah. like, and they play it off, but it's like that's a pretty like gruesome thing. Yeah. yeah. Um. So what number are we on? Number four. Yep. 
Okay, I have a little switcheroo. So how about our top four episodes? We say, the the first thing we say is what we didn't like. And then okay. we say what we liked. That'll just work. to switch it up. Okay, number four on the countdown, we have Mr. Monk and the Paper Boy. This is the 10th episode in season two. In the opening scene, we see two paper boys outside of Monk's apartment. One of the boys places Monk's paper on his front stoop. When the older one asks him if he laid it out flat, he goes back to fix the paper, but it is missing. He replaces it with another and then has to go back to make sure it's centered on the mat. This time, he sees a man stealing the paper. When he tries to intervene, the man attacks him and kills him in the tussle. Next, we see Monk's home become headquarters for the scene stressing Monk to his limits. Here, we are introduced to Adrian's neighbor, Kevin Dorfman. Disher questions him and he gives out tons of random information, including all the addresses in which he's ever lived. He also explains that he didn't hear a thing because he and his new girlfriend were busy all evening. The investigation begins with Monk combing through the newspapers and assumes there must be something in there. Some crime that someone didn't want him to see. Monk solves several crimes through the newspaper, including one in France, but none relating to the paperboy. Finally, he sees it. In the newspaper, the lotto numbers for the $43 million jackpot. They're all the numbers that Kevin had previously given to the lieutenant. These must have been his lucky numbers. Kevin's quote, girlfriend, worked at the convenience store that he had always bought his tickets from. When she saw the winning numbers, she recognized them as Kevin's. So her plan was to keep Kevin occupied so that he would never see the winning numbers, and she planned to continue the charade until she could get him to marry her, which happens, and then she could inherit the money by murdering him. But Monk figures it all out before she can finish Kevin off. So this was... Good episode. Yeah, it was a good one. Um, so, but we're going to start with things you did not like. So, uh, so Candace, what did you not like about this episode? Okay, so I don't have much. Again, with the captain's complete disregard for who Monk is, they set up in his apartment. Their people are asking to go to the bathroom. He says he doesn't have one. <laughs> um, but then they let the dog the police dog on the couch. Okay. So for one, did they need a police dog for this? Uh, for two, would they even do that? If there was a crime scene, uh, like if, would they set up inside the house like that? If there was a crime, like, I feel like they were just taking advantage of the fact that monk is a consultant for them. So they just were like, Oh look, he's a cop. Let's put our stuff in his house. Yeah. Not treating it like a crime scene. Treating at a, like a, like head a headquarters. headquarters. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought that um, was silly. Yeah, I thought that that was a little over the top and that they were really disrespectful in his house when they all know how he is. Yeah. Yeah. And it was another, though, where it was like plot convenience of, oh, this will be a funny like thing. Throw all the people in his house like because it doesn't seem realistic. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. That was kind of my main one was just them, the way that they treated his house and, and did all of that. Um, what else do you have? Okay, so my last thing would be, okay, so this is the episode where Monk gets insecure about Sharona being stronger than him. Right. Because he tries to, what is it? There's one, she opens the soda for him. Right. Or the water or something. And then what else was there? She opens the fence that he can't open. So he gets insecure, right? But... There's a point where Sharona sees the that there's lipstick on one of the like the soda bottles at the crime scene, and she's like, "Oh, it's a woman. There's lipstick on the rim," 
And so Stottlemyre and Monk are like looking at it like, huh, we didn't see that. And Stottlemyre says, oh, she's stronger and smarter than you. Right. And so, yeah, it was a little dig by Stottlemyre, seeing as though he's a detective and he didn't see it either, for right. one. Exactly. Um, but Sharona discovers clues like that all the time. Like, yeah. she's always being Detective Sharona. She's always being his sidekick, but his insecurities about her being stronger than him, he kind of goes a little bit too far with, oh, she must be smarter than me, too. Like, really, Monk? Snap out of it. Yeah. She might be stronger than you, but you know she's not a better detective than you. Right. Like, don't pull a Stottlemyre and a Karen, you know? Exactly. Like, it does seem a little uncharacteristic for him. Yeah. So. Um, which, although in other episodes he does question his, you know, like with the, uh, with the school teacher. Yeah, and yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I think he's smarter. But than not me. by thinking Sharona yeah, that's is true. smarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that was obviously like for that storyline, like, oh, mm-hmm. he's insecure about being weak and um Right. Yeah, whatever. Exactly. Whatever. Um, okay, so what did you like about this episode? I did like that uh Monk was trying to fight Sharona and arguing about who is stronger. So kinda like the annoyingness of him questioning, you know, whether or not he's stronger or not. But then, like, him trying to fight her. And she's like, what is he say? Oh, she's that scene. Oh, are he's... you saying, like, when whenever she's like, what, do you want to fight? Yeah. Like, do you want to fight? And then he, uh, what does he do? Does he, like, roll up his sleeve or something? He, he does. Yeah, he does something where it's like. And she, oh, my gosh. Why can't I yeah. remember? Because she goes, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, he was ready to fight. <laughs> yeah, he was ready to fight her. It's <laughs> like, what are you doing? Yeah. That was funny. That was really funny. I like when they arm wrestle and <laughs> they arm wrestle and the whole scene is funny, but whenever they're, they're like going at it and he's like, and then he's like, do you have to make that noise? And she's like, that's you. <laughs> <laughs> what was, and then like whenever they finish and, and she's like, oh, I guess you're just stronger than me. And then she looks at Benji and she winks at him. Yeah. <laughs> That's so messed up. And he's, oh my gosh, and Monk sees it. Yeah. Like, did you just, she, she winked. She winked. Because she's telling, I think he's telling Kroger that later. Yeah, yeah, that she yeah, winked. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was messed up. Um, also, Benji, when he's rooting for one and then the other, because Sharona's like gaining on Mr. Monk. And so Benji's like, come on, Mr. Monk, you can get her. And Sharona's like, Benji, I'm your mom. And he's like, go mom. Go Mr. Monk. <laughs> it was really cute. Um. So whenever I was reading the summation, it made me think about it, too. Um, whenever he solves the case in France and it does this whole thing where it, like, cuts and does, like, subtitles and, it, like, all this and, like, makes you feel like, oh, France. And he's like, oh, it's this. And they, like, solves this murder all the way across the world yeah. just by reading the newspaper. Yeah. And uh, so I thought that that was really funny. I like when Stottlemyre speaks French at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, bonjour, uh Je m'appelle Captain Leland Stottlemyre from the San Francisco de Police Department. <laughs> uh, parlez-vous English? <laughs> That's so funny. And he's like, yes, I speak English. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. It was just like one of those things like where Stottlemyre just straight up just... Act, that f- I feel like that would be a Randy thing to do. Right. And Stottlemyre does, does it, it and yeah. it makes it like golden. I love it. <laughs> I kind of got a kick out of Monk wiping his hands with the grease rag. 
whenever uh, he's like grabbing a rag and he's like going to wipe him and he's going, okay, you know, and he's, where were they at? Like a, at a dealer? He was solving one of the other cases. Yeah. Like it was a hit and run case. And so they were at an auto body shop. Yeah. And he grabs yeah. the rag and he's like doing that. And then he looks down at his hands are like black. Yeah. And he's like, what? He freaks out. What does he say for, for all that is holy or something <laughs> yeah. like that? Yeah. That was funny. I like the, the dedicated paper boy. That was really sweet, actually. Whenever, not the one that gets killed, because that's sad, but the dedicated one where he knows, like, hey, you can't, Mr. Muck needs a flattened out paper. You can't give him a rolled up one. And he's like, hey, did you send her oh, it on the mat? yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Muck likes it. You know, it reminded me of, like, Mrs. Ling, where she, like, serves him anyway, even though he's really high maintenance, except for this guy wasn't mean about it. He was sweet, like, hey... Mr. Muck needs it this way. Like, do it, mm-hmm. you know? Like, he was trying to really do a good job. Yeah. And, like, it kind of takes you back to the to the garbage guy as well. Oh. Uh, who, who, like, you know, not the two guys not that Not the were mean there. ones, yeah, yeah. Yeah, But the guy who was usually there and is like, oh, yeah, and, like, allows him to be Monk and just, like, that's, like, good customer service. Yeah. Like, you exactly. don't always have to, like, like the guy with the dress shirt when he's, yeah. like. That was a, the season, one of the season four episodes with the fashion show. Oh, season four. Yeah. Oops. Skipped ahead. That's okay. Anyway. No, well, we've already aired it. <laughs> right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, and he's going, oh, okay. Like, you're a psycho. Like, what kind of customer service is that? Yeah. Like, get the man a shirt. It yeah. doesn't matter if he wants, you know, uh, inspector number eight or 30. Like, get the man a shirt. Yeah. And so it's nice to see those guys, like, even, especially the younger kid be like, no, he wants it and really wants it to be done right. Yeah. Um, probably the thing that was the most, like, laugh out loud funny was Monk singing his show tunes. Oh, my gosh. I'm sure that you have it. this one? Yeah. I oh, don't, no. I don't think I have it on here. Where he asks Monk, are we just going to sit here and sing show yes. tunes all day? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Kroger asks Monk about Trudy's, like, I guess their sex life, yeah. right? Like, so, you know, hey, you know, were y'all intimate or whatever? And Monk totally shuts it down, like... No, I'm not talking about this. And then Kroger is like, okay, well, we can either talk about, uh, you know, your sex life or whatever, or we can sit here and sing show tunes all day. And Monk pauses for eternity. And <laughs> what does he do? Yeah, you do, you, like, do, you do. If ever I would leave you, wouldn't be in summer. <laughs> Start singing show tunes. It is the best, like, ever. And then, it, and, and then it, what does it do? Like, cuts scene. It cuts the scene. Yeah. And, and he's like, like, no, no, not <laughs> in springtime, summer, winter, or fall. Yeah. And, and so, then, yeah. He stops. <laughs> and then he looks at his watch, and then he realizes the session's not over. And so he pauses, and like, if ever I would leave you... And that starts the, the song best. all over again. Yeah, that was the best. That is too much. That is too much. Uh-huh. I love that. Also, another really great, I would call it a monk relationship we didn't talk about at the beginning, was Kevin Dorfman, who is hilarious, who gives you the most random facts and things that he's, you know... All the places I've ever lived. I think there's another episode in the future where he says every potato salad I've ever eaten. Like, or, how would you like to live? Or every tuna sa- egg salad sandwich I've ever eaten. <laughs> Just like, oh my gosh. Could you live in a building with those guys? Like, no. Oh my that goodness. would be terrible. They can't even get along with each other. Like, oh. Yeah. There's another thing about the Sharona monk conflict where. Is this probably around the time where 
he wants to fight her or whatever. Right. And she, because he tries to open the car door and she has to lean over and push it from her side right. for it to open. And then they get out of the car and Monk says, I can bench 200 pounds. <laughs> and she's like, I'm proud of you. And he's like, I bet you can't bench 200. <laughs> she's like, I don't know. Maybe I can. He's like, how much do you bench? He's like, I don't know. He's like, what do you want to fight? And then he does something. I can't remember yeah. what he does. It's it's really funny. Maybe he starts taking off his jacket or something. And she's like, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. Um, what else do I have? Okay, Disher's personal ad. I remember in the newspaper when they're looking through the newspaper and Sharona's like, this is like says mid thirties, white male seeking petite, no nonsense, blonde kids. Okay. That's me. Cause yeah. Cause I missed the part, but he's, she says like a male or whatever. And she's right. like, that's you. And then she reads all the other description and she's like, that's me. <laughs> yes. And he's like, don't flatter yourself. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> Kids okay. Kids okay. Do I have anything else? Oh, just the fact that Monk solves all the cases in the newspaper. Like, what a boss, you know? Yeah, yeah. that's funny. Um, I think, are we good? Yeah. We're on our so. top three episodes. Top three. Oh, my goodness. This is exciting. These, obviously, that one was a great one. These ones, these take the cake. Okay. Are you ready? Here we go. Number three episode. Do we need a drum roll? I've got a drum roll. We can make that happen. All right, Toby. Give us that drum roll. Oh. <laughs> Toby, do you have to be ignorant? All right, Toby. Give us that drum roll. Mr. Monk gets married. Ooh, Ooh, good episode. Good episode. Okay, this is the 15th episode in season two. In the opening scene, we see Raymond Tolliver come to his business partner, Dalton Padrone, with a discovery. One of their antique desks contained an old letter from 1849 that revealed a large sum of gold that was hidden in a house nearby. Instead of being excited for them, Dalton only thinks of himself and immediately murders his partner within minutes of the revelation. Monk becomes involved with the case when Lieutenant Disher calls him troubled that his elderly mother just married a man half her age, Dalton Padrone. Even more disturbing, he says that they are attending marriage counseling for their honeymoon. The marriage retreat is taking place in none other than the house with the hidden gold. Monk and Sharona have to investigate, but how? Sharona's plan? Get married. Well, at least pretend they're married and dig into Dalton's motives on their own. While at the retreat, they discover his plan by stealing the letter that reads, quote, the answer is in the journals. They all spend hours reading thousands of journals, but Monk realizes something. When he places one of the journals on the shelf and sees that it's made uneven, he discovers that it weighs more than the much heftier book on the other end of the shelf. He puts it together that the answer wasn't written in the journals, it was the journals. All of the entries were written in melted-down golden ink. While Monk calls the sheriff, Randy is discovering Raymond Tolliver's body inside the antique store. The sheriff arrives... Monk gives his summation, but Dalton is able to grab the officer's gun and lock everyone up. Randy rushes to save the day and apprehends Dalton for good. Great, great episode. Number three. It's hard to imagine there's more episodes that are higher, but <laughs> there are. Trust us. Okay. Um, so let's do what we didn't like. Would you like to go first? Yeah. So 
I think the mark of great episodes is something that I didn't like was I felt like we turned on the episode and two seconds later it was over. Oh, it flew yeah, by. It we did. were both sitting there watching it and go, what the heck? What like happened? Was... Like the episode's yep. over. Yeah, and so uh, I didn't like that it, it flew by so quickly. But um, why do people always kill over money? This guy's like, bro, I just found $6 million. I'll split it with you. And you're like, hmm, no, $3 million's not enough. I'm going to kill you for the other three. Like, And he ends up with how much? Yeah, zero. He ends up with almost $100,000 maybe worth of books that he tries to steal at the end. Yeah. Then he still gets caught. Yeah, and it's like... Crazy. uh, Yeah, it's just the the worst thing. Like, so for all the, you know, junk monkers out there, like, if someone comes to you and says, like, hey, I found a million dollars, let's split it. Just be happy. Happy with the other half. Just take the other half. Like, where were we at before? You know? (laughs) You were just listening to this podcast. Yeah. You know? Let this like be a your deciding factor not to murder somebody. Exactly. We are good, what's it called? Role models for all. <laughs> um, I like that. Um, I didn't like that. I guess I should say. Um, I didn't like that Dalton kills the guy point two seconds after his partner comes to him with the money. For right? Real. So, yeah, he murders him for money. But that was like not... it. W- it wasn't even premeditated. I know. It was like... It, it was like a crazy crime of passion, like, oh, money, boom, dead. Yeah. That was that was like, pretty... It took over. It was pretty aggressive. Yeah, definitely. Um, Poor Randy's mom. Yeah. Okay, this lady gets the shaft. Not only do they make a comment about her being just terribly ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right, though? He's like... I mean, I love her. She's my mom, but how could anyone else? Because he's trying to. That's what Randy's saying. Yes, because Monk is trying to convince, or he's trying to convince Monk that he needs to take the case. Yeah. And he's like, "Look, here's a picture." And they look at the picture of her, and they're like, "Oh my god! (laughs) Like this lady's not ugly. Like, come on! Like, she's not the elephant man. Like, come on! Do you have anything for didn't like? I didn't like Monk getting trapped in the cave oh okay yeah Yeah. i did like that he was facing his fears and was like okay you know put him in that situation but i didn't like that he got collapsed yeah that was sad yeah oh i forgot to i i asked you i didn't even finish my randy's mom thing so for one they say she's ugly and for two dalton is so mean to her when he she tries to like spice up something in the bedroom like oh maybe and she tries to like give him a kiss and he's like quit you're just embarrassing yourself she starts, she starts crying. crying. That was so sad. Okay, next thing. Done with that. Is that all you have for didn't like? Uh, yeah. Okay, so I've got two plot holes for what I didn't like. So I mean, it's a pretty good episode when what you didn't like was plot holes, right? When Monk says that, when he figures out what Dalton is doing, they f- they find the letter, right? And Monk says that Randy's mom wouldn't believe him. Like, because they're like, well, why don't we just tell her? He's like, no, she won't believe Randy. Why would she believe us? Okay. For one, Randy's not there. Right. Doesn't know Dalton. Mm -hmm. At the beginning of the episode, whenever they show up and he says his name is Monk, the mom says, oh, do you know my son, Randy Disher? She knows who Monk is. Therefore, she would know that he is the world's greatest detective. Exactly. So he would... Say, look, here's the letter, or, you know, not here's the letter, because that, that's why she didn't, he didn't have proof. But explain it to her. But if expl- explained it to her, 
I feel like that's a kind of a plot hole, right? Yeah, that, that's pretty good. Okay. Yeah. My other one is um, a little less of one, but so Jane Lynch is, you know, she's the therapist. She's on Monk and Sharona's case the whole time about them being married. Like, oh, Sharona's sleeping on a t- in, a, in a tent. Tr- you have Trudy's picture, blah, 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 blah. But she never addresses the fact that Dalton and the mom are there for their honeymoon. Right. Hello? I would think that that's a much bigger problem than we've been married for a few years. And yeah, he keeps his dead wife's picture up, but we're used to it. Right. Not, we just got married two days ago and now we're here. Exactly. Am I missing something? Like she didn't, she doesn't mention them at all. Like they're not the topic of discussion in anything. So another plot hole. So that's all for what I didn't like. All right. What did you like? So obviously, I mean, everything about Monk and Sharona being married. Yeah. Is golden. It's gold. Um, it is utter gold. From it's, it's more gold than in the journals. Yeah, I mean, like from him setting his picture of Trudy, which is sweet, but also kind of like funny. Yeah. And then her like standing up for him, like whenever Jane Lynch comes in, she's like, "What's going on here?" And he's, she's like, "No, no, no, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine," because she knows. Yeah. Um. Her sleeping in a tent, and not only her sleeping in the tent, but then whenever Jane Lynch like finds her sleeping in the tent, she ordered it. She's like, "I just went in y'all's room, and there's a tent on the floor. It's like the best." Yeah, it is. It, yeah, that is good. Um, when they first get there, and they're kind of all going around talking about their problems, and Monk is like, you know, Sharona, and he's like, "Glug glug." <laughs> yeah. She's like, what? Why do I have to be the lush? Why don't? You, why can't you be the lush? He's like, well, now I've already said it. And she's like, well, just take it back. How am I gonna take it back? Well, just tell him you because you were drunk when you said it because you're a lush. <laughs> and she's like, save it for therapy. Yeah. Whoa, save it for therapy, guys. Yeah. And then she, yeah, another thing with the Jane Lynch thing where she, uh, which side of the bed? Are you sleeping on, like, my regular side, dear? And, like, okay, darling, I'll just take my regular side of the bed. And then there's um, another thing. So you've got the mantle. You've got her sleeping on the floor. Shona can't even use the bathroom in their room. And then when they go to the picnic, Monk won't sit on the ground. Then when they're in therapy, all Monk does is talk about Trudy the whole time. Yep. (laughs) So that's hilarious. Yeah. No, those are, and it just goes back to, like, them being married, the whole thing. is like, yeah. it's golden. Like, that makes up, like, the whole episode. And that's, I mean, really, that's why this episode is, like, ranked so high. Yeah. It's just because of that kind of constant comedy. Um, whenever Sharona, so they're sitting on the couch at couples therapy or whatever, and she sees the letter in his coat pocket. In uh, was his Dalton's coat. Sharona pop. scheme. Yes, yes. What did she say? Like, are you? Did you just wink at me? Mm-hmm. And starts yelling, and this guy's like, "What? What are you talking about?" She's like, "You just winked at me," and starts yelling mm-hmm. at him, and uh, like shoves him and steals the letter. And Monk is like, "What is going on?" But yep. then she like snagged the letter, you know. And granted, she got caught in the end, but it gave them what they needed of finding it all out. Yeah. And, uh, but so now that was, that was like clever, but it was also funnier, like yelling. Exactly. So there's a Sharona scheme. Like I said, she's always helping. Yeah. She does that. And then she's the one that comes up with the idea to get married. Yeah. So another Sharona scheme, like two huge schemes for her. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, so then another thing, they're in therapy. Jane Lynch, right? Um, okay, so Jane Lynch is in a lot of stuff, but I feel like this is like her best role today. Okay, <laughs> I'm biased, but because uh, I love Monk, but she, I feel like she always plays like really over the top characters, but this time she's like normal. Like, I feel like she's a normal character, but she's so good. And she has, like, really great, like, one-liners. But the way that she explains it in the therapy session when she's like, Guys, I couldn't help but notice that Sharona is sleeping in a pup tent on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> and, your and, your, and your late wife Trudy's picture is, on a place of, is in a place of honor on, on the, the mantle, mantle while your current wife... Sleeping <laughs> on the floor. And she's like, guys, I want you to do something for me. I want you to give each other a big kiss. And I want it all I want this kiss to have everything that you've ever hoped for and dreamed for in this one kiss. And then they give the world's slow or like slowest like lead up. Lead up and quickest kiss like in the history of the planet. It's like they don't, there's not even like a smacking noise. It's just like touching of lips and like, oop, okay, all right. And then, and then Monk, he brushes his lips. Yeah. She's <laughs> like, okay, that's just insulting. <laughs> but yeah, the kiss. But I, I actually love the Jane, the Jane Lynch lead up to that. It's mm -hmm. so funny. She's like, guys, let's get real. <laughs> You're sleeping on the floor. <laughs> So, do you have, is there anything else? I think it was have? towards the beginning of the episode um, where he's doing his voicemail. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, whenever he's, um, so they're recording his voicemail and what does he do? He like, he says, uh, okay, so he, he says like, leave your message after the beep. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, I didn't say beep or what did he say? Is that what he says? Yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's like, like, well, what if they start leaving the message? Oh, no, no, no. He's, he they leave record. the message at the beep. Yeah. And then he's like, well, what if they start leaving the message during the beep? And she's like, nobody's going to do that. And he's Everybody like. Everybody knows there's a beep and they know how to talk after the beep, not during the beep. Yeah, and he's like, no, no, no. I have, to, I have to record it. I have to tell them to leave it after the beep. <laughs> and then somebody calls and he's like, no, 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 we're not ready. We're not ready. And she's like, I'm here. I can answer the phone. <laughs> That's funny. That's a good like cold open. Yeah, it, yeah. I do, actually, I love those. I love those little cold opens with those two. They're so good. Um, so my overarching theme was that I love all the lies they tell about being married. They're great. The comedy is great. The storyline's not my favorite because I'm not a huge fan of hunting for gold, right? Like storylines. Um, but all of it is so amazing that it's not really about that. It's about them being married. So it's, I love it. I love, yeah. love, love it. And then the creativity of the gold being melted down. But then whenever they're reading, <laughs> they're reading from the journals and it's like some weird yes. nothing. And he's like, this is a real page turn. Yeah. It was a great, great work of trying art. to like cover it up or something like that. Yeah, like, These are masterpieces or something. Yeah. He's like, I smoke tobacco. <laughs> There's a bee on my nose. I have to sneeze or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they're like, like, oh. And then you're lying. Yeah, and then Sharona later is like, oh, I already read this one. And he's like, no, no, no. Some of the books are completely identical. <laughs> Keep reading. God, I would hate that. Oh, that would be absolutely the worst. And then it was nothing that was actually written yeah. down at all. 
Um, okay, so I have one more moment. It's a fantastic moment when Monk and Sharona are trapped in the cave. And Monk asks for the ring back that uh, he let Sharona use to act like they're married. And then she's like, is this Trudy's ring? And then he doesn't say anything. And she's like, oh, my gosh. And she's like, hey, I'm still your nurse. I'm not going to let anything happen to you. Nothing's going to happen to you. We're going to get out of here. And then, yeah. That was really sweet. No, so great episode. Really Fantastic enjoyed it. Fantastic episode. Yeah. Okay. Might go watch that one again. Um, so, number two, we don't need, do we don't need another count, drum roll, do we? I mean. Let's do it. Two, oh, come on, right. Toby. Let's just do it, Toby. Mr. Monk and the Three Pies. Ooh. All right. This is the 11th episode in season two. In the opening scene, we see an old lady winning a pie at the Centennial Fair. Also, we see a man vying for the same pie, and he is upset when he doesn't win. He then follows the old woman out to her car, and when she won't give up the pie, he smashes her head into the steering wheel, and she's killed. Monk gets involved in the case when his estranged brother, Ambrose, calls him in to investigate his suspicious neighbor, Pat Van Rankin, who he thinks killed his wife, the man with the pie. Monk and Sharona follow the man to the fair, and they see him win a pie this time only to rifle through it. They now know that the pies are connected to the wife's murder and the old lady. Monk solves it while playing bingo to win the final pie. So, the wife had made the pies to donate to the Centennial. She had set them on the counter to cool. When Pat came home and they began fighting, he shot his wife four times, sending shell casings into the air. Van Rankin had found three of those casings but was missing the fourth. He assumes that they are in the third pie, and so does Monk. But when Sharona sifts through it, they don't find it. They apologize to Pat, and Monk says goodbye to his brother when the police drops the case. Monk, still convinced of the husband's guilt, reenacts the scene, wondering where the casings could have gone. Then he realizes. It must have been in the bag of flour that the wife had borrowed from Ambrose, but he has since gotten it back, so they know that Ambrose must be in trouble. Meanwhile, we see Pat go to Ambrose's house and try to borrow back the bag of flour. So Ambrose pieces it together, too. Pat sets Ambrose's house on fire to draw him out, but is arrested before he can come out. Monk goes in to save his brother and brings him out, with Ambrose having secured the shell casing from the bag of flour. That is a great episode. That is a good one. Fantastic. Um, yeah. So we'll start again with what we did not like about the episode. Okay. Which probably will be short. Okay, short and sweet. Um, okay, so this is kind of a little character flaw that we talked about already. Um, they kind of pick and choose what Monk knows and what he doesn't know. Right. Um, so in the very one of the very first scenes we see with Ambrose, he mentions a, a gun, like a firearm that was used in the killing, right? Right. And so he's like, Oh, this, you know, Westinghouse gun was was used, blah, 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 and Monk says, no, well, Westinghouse didn't make this gun, you know, until 1993, and then Ambrose says, no, they made one in 1992, or something like, like that. I wrote the manual for it. I wrote the manual for it, right? So, again, it's like, we are always to assume that Monk is right about everything, yet... He's wrong. He was wrong about that. And yeah. so it's funny because... That moment is funny because you're like, oh, Ambrose is, you know, smarter than him or whatever. But then when you think about it as a general rule, how many times has Monk said these random facts that 
he could be totally wrong about. Right. You know? Yeah. So it's almost like a little plot hole. Yeah. Um, Ambrose's neighbor is a psycho. Who would lead there? Like, this guy's in the park shoving down kids, like, hopping on his, his freaking uh, bag. What's it called? Bag race? What's it? Sack race. Sack race. A three-legged race. Or, oh, no, it's yeah, it sack race. Three, like, no, sack, yeah. sack race. No, sack race. He's over there, like, shoving kids down. Kills his wife, obviously, because they get in one fight, is what we're essentially led to assume. Um, like, has no... Uh, goes and burns his neighbor's house down. Like... This guy's a psycho. Just like, and I, he had to have been a psycho before all of this happened. Like, again, like, he, okay, I like whenever he's, he goes in there and he's reenacting the scene, like, at the same time Monk is. Yeah. Because he's trying to figure out. And he's like, comes in, don't do this. Pop, pop, pop. And acts like so calmly, like reenacting him murdering his wife. Yeah. Cold-blooded, man. Like, he's, he's just like, okay, so I walked in, my wife said something, so I pulled a gun, shot her four times. Okay, where'd Where? the shells go? Like, okay, we just overlooked a giant part of something that shouldn't have happened, and he's just cool as a cucumber. Yeah. Yeah. So, psycho. Psycho. He is psycho. Yeah. Um, I, right whenever you were explaining that, I was trying to figure out what I had written, and I put, criminal shoves kid down. Like, that was pretty out there. Everyone's just super nonchalant. It shows a scene where everyone goes, oh my gosh. It's like, nobody goes over there and grabs this guy? Yeah. I put, he wasn't disqualified from the race. (laughs) Yeah. Everyone saw that. (laughs) They're just like, look at that man. Oh, well, well, here's your pie for coming in second place. Like, Oh, I had one more little plot hole, I guess, would be... um, he he kept trying to win the wife's pies back that she donated. Like, if his wife was still alive, like, she wouldn't be mad about that. Like, she's... Well, they didn't know, I guess. Yeah, I, that's true. No one recognized him. Yeah, that's true. No one did recognize him. That's true, that's true. Not a plot yeah. but I was just like, if that was me, I'd be like, oh, I'm donating these pies, and then you're trying to go win the pies back. Like, bro, like, I, I donated those. So, yeah. I don't know. Um... One of the greatest, like, things of this episode are Monk and his brother Ambrose. Like, the whole getting to see him, like, realizing he even exists. No one knows he has a brother. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Um, But I I just hate, like, sibling rivalries where people don't talk for a really long time. Yeah. And, like, over, not necessarily over nothing, but it's, like, literally just because of the fact of, like, we don't want to talk. You know, like, oh, well, he didn't want to say, you know, anything to me, so I don't want to say anything. Like, I hate that, like, yeah. the pride of that is just, just the fact that it was like, really, guys? Like, you're all each other have as far as family goes, and you don't want to talk to each other for eight years or seven or six or yeah. whatever. You know, so I thought that was annoying. I don't like that. Yeah. Um, I, I agree. Is is that all you have for mm-hmm. dislikes? Okay. Yeah. yeah kind of figured this one's this one's pretty dang good um so okay what i liked about this episode obviously ambrose he is great fantastic acting every ambrose moment is golden uh john uh he's played by john turturro who actually won an emmy for this episode yeah he's so good uh which i mean makes complete sense and and tony shalhoub's great like them two and scenes like on some of those scenes was just like holy crap yeah like, how can you even? Yeah. Other episodes, 
that he's in our grade also. I like that he is arguably more perceptive and intelligent than Adrian, which is interesting, but he's much more crippled by his fears. So it's like, what can, you know, what can you do as far as, yeah, you might be smarter and uh, more perceptive than me, but I actually do something exactly. with it. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 exactly. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, really the, the, I mean, the biggest thing is just Ambrose and Monk together. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't do great at like picking out particular scenes because... I get distracted by just laughing so much. Oh yeah. Um, but it's like when I think about the episode and like what it means and what it makes you feel and stuff, it's like, well, all of the episodes are funny. They have their own funny, whatever, but it's like this one, just the dynamic of monk having someone else come into his life. Um, someone that he's been estranged from and someone that he, you know, had a relationship with someone who grew up, understood what it meant to be like him and everything. And just like the whole world of that, but then that being opened up to him again, you know, by them working it out, um, you know, the scene, especially like whenever they're crying because, you know, Ambrose thought it was his fault that, um, Trudy had died and, uh, just all of that kind of thing. Like, and then when they work through that, mm-hmm. and he realizes, like, oh, that's why I've been angry at you for eight years, because you were holding on to all of this guilt. Seeing them work through that, um, I, again, the acting makes you go, Yeah, like, best acting scene by far. Amazing. Crap. Yeah, that's um, probably why he won the Emmy right there. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but also just what it means to Monk as a character, you know, and, and having that family member back. Um, you know, whether or not we ever see him throughout the rest of the season or not, but at the same time, just him having that family member back and being there for his brother. Yeah, that was, I have that scene for sure. That was an excellent scene. Also, another triumph moment would be whenever Monk goes into the fire to save Ambrose and then he brings him outside. So it's like you've got Monk running into a fire and bringing Ambrose outside when he's agoraphobic, and mm-hmm. so he's also facing his fears by being outside. Yeah. So it's like a two, a, a, you know, a double triumphant moment for these yeah. two brothers, and it's like, it's that's pretty significant. Yeah. Like, another, besides them being sad and hugging and working everything out, it's like, they both conquer their fears right there in yeah. that episode. It's pretty amazing, actually. Yeah. Um, Some funnier things, right, is that Ambrose can speak seven and a half languages. He's teaching himself Mandarin. Mm-hmm. And then Monk's like, oh, that'll come in handy. <laughs> and well, he writes manuals, so it, 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 would, it would come yeah, in yeah, handy. Yeah. I do like, okay. Well, you no, you can go. Okay, I was going to say, where he where he's like, you you caught, the, you caught the typo on his manual when he's talking to Sharona. Then it's in the oh, German. Oh, my she's gosh. Like, and she's oh, like, oh, I was supposed to it. sing Hi Schneifen, but I said Hi Schneifen. Yeah. And she's like, you wrote the German part too? <laughs> Yeah, Uh, I thought that was really funny. That was really good. Um, No, I had whenever he's like, Adrian's always been the fearless one. And Sharon was like, what? He dated. (laughs) He's like, he was driving a car at 19 years old, and he was going out on dates with women at 26 years of age. (laughs) And my Sharona, yeah, he's a real evil (laughs) Knievel. I, that's just the way that he says that is the best at 26 years of age. <laughs> that's too much. That's good. Ambrose is so good. Yeah. 
Another thing would be when they go to the, um, when they go to play bingo and Sharona says, oh yeah, let's go play bingo. It's a lot of fun. You're going to hate it. And that's cute. And then whenever they go, Monk doesn't need any markers. He's got all these cards and she's like, oh my gosh, you don't have anything. He's like, I'm doing great. I have two, I need two more over here. Like, I wish I could do that with bingo. Like, that would be sick. Um, but uh, anyways, I have the troll. Um, and he's like, rub my troll. And he's like, uh, no, that's okay. And he's like, no, you have to rub my troll. And he's like, uh, it's okay. I've been rubbing trolls all day. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, just rub his troll. And he's like, okay. And then he touches it and he's like, God, it's too hard or something. <laughs> what a freak. <laughs> what a freak. Um, I have one more thing. Do you have anything else? Uh, one more thing. Not like or dislike, but just something that I noticed was how old are those pies? How old are they? They're literally going days in between events to like go back to the fair to go try to win a pie back. And I'm like, those pies have been sitting out for a week. Oh. But I, pie can sit on the counter. Like they sell, they sell pies. But who who wants to go to a fair and win like a week old pie? It was a day. No, because in the, the scene, centennial fair is only like a week long. Yeah, but in the scenes they're going. Okay, he's going in two more days to go get the other pie, and you're like, holy crap. Oh, uh, I guess. If you watch it back and try to do a but, timeline, I bet if you timelined it out, you'd be like. <laughs> Those are some old pies. But also, did you see how delicious they looked? I would eat them. They did. Like, for sure. You would eat any pie. Okay. That's a different conversation. Yeah. All right. Let's go. Um, (laughs) Let's do my last one, which would be um, when Sharona is trying to get Ambrose to leave the house just normally. She's like, yeah, you can come on. Let's go. And he's like, no, I can't leave. And she's like... You're the same as Adrian. What does he have that you don't have? And yeah. then Ambrose says, he has you. And she's Sweet. like, oh, snap. Got yeah. him. It's true. Didn't offer it to help at all. <laughs> but very sweet. Yeah. Oh, like she needs another cheapskate in her life. He doesn't pay her. <laughs> I, I know, right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's that's it. That is a fantastic episode, though. I like, love it. Beyond. It is, it is amazing. Yeah. All right, Toby, are going to give us a grand finale countdown here? Mr. Monk goes to the theater. This is our number one episode for season two. It is the sixth episode, and here's what happened. In the opening scene, we see Monk and Sharona at a play starring Sharona's sister, Gail. In Gail's big scene, she's supposed to stab a man. When her time comes, she stabs her co-star, Hal. Then he collapses. Actually collapses. He really has been stabbed. Sharona and Monk both must investigate in order to exonerate her sister. They quickly suspect Gail's understudy, Jenna Ryan. Jenna had previously been in another show in which the starring actress ended up with a broken kneecap and Jenna got the part. Monk solves the case during a fit of stage fright when Sharona takes his pulse. He realizes that the night of the play, after Hal collapses, someone asks, is there a doctor in the house? A man steps up to take care of the victim, but Monk realizes now that the doctor had taken the pulse incorrectly, so he was obviously an imposter. This man was Jenna's father. When he went to help Hal, he had pocketed the prop knife that Gail had used and then really stabbed him. So why did Hal collapse? 
Well, Jen Ryan knew that Hal was allergic to all different types of foods, one being peanuts. She had covered one of the prop apples with peanut oil. When Hal eats it during the scene, he goes into shock, collapses, and then the dad steps in. When Jenna realizes Sharona found the peanut oil, she tries to stab Monk during their scene together, and Sharona interrupts to tackle Jenna. Monk gives a summation. Both of the criminals are arrested. Then Monk and Sharona take center stage with a final bow to the crowd. That's our number one episode, guys. That is... Um... So I do want to say that this has been, like, our favorite episode like well we didn't even know it was season two yeah like or think about it as being season two and then when we were watching it again we were like oh snap when it came on we were so excited yeah exactly okay Um, so what did you not like about this episode um i didn't like really the only thing that i have here is that sharona is like ashamed of her life to her mom Oh, that's interesting. Point. So that like she has to like make up a boyfriend, make up a or fiance or whatever. Um, make up that she's partners with Monk, make up that she has insurance and stuff, and make like so she mm-hmm. makes up all of this stuff when it's like by all accounts like, granted she doesn't have like a huge high paying job or like all this stuff, but it's like she's doing well. Like she is very capable in her job. She's a very good mom to Benji and like all of these things. Um, but she actually has to make up this life for her mom and her mom seems really nice. Yeah. She doesn't was, that's seem, what I was going to say. Her mom doesn't seem, which judgy, who knows? I mean, but, whatever. But, um, but at the same time, it's like, you know, yeah. like, I, didn't, I didn't like that, that she felt like she had to do that. Yeah. The only thing I would think maybe is just that, yeah, she does. I mean, she does a lot of lying. Yeah. Not she just looks, a, but she looks sad about it too. She's not like, Oh, let me just prop up my resume to my mom. You know, it's like, she's like when she turns around and she gives Monk that face and she's like. And I'm your partner. Like, she's yeah. upset about her lies. Like, she's not... Yeah. 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 That's anyway, true. So. I mean, the only thing I could think of was, okay, so my sister is the star of a play. Right. And I'm someone's assistant. Yeah, exactly. Might be the only thing that... Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the other lies, I would think they're unnecessary. Yeah. So. What I didn't like was, okay, so Sharona with the peanut oil off stage for one... She's yelling it. Monk, Monk, tick, 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 tick. Monk, it's the thing. It's the peanut oil. Okay, super obvious. Putting Monk in danger because they're together in in close proximity. And she has a real knife, so there's that. Um, But also she's touching it. Again, with the evidence, people. Don't you work in law enforcement? Like, if Jenna's fingerprints are on that, now yours are just smudging it all over the place. Oh, yeah. You could have got that peanut oil from anywhere. Yep. And you'd be trying to exonerate your sister, so you're trying to frame Jenna Ryan. Like, just think about it, people. Mm-hmm. Don't use you use gloves whenever yeah. you're going like, to pick up some evidence. Like, she's lucky that they, like, uh, essentially admitted it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That Monk figured it out kind of in other ways or whatever. That is all I have. Yeah. I mean, other than it's like... It's great. Yeah. It's a great, great episode. So what did you like? So really for me, what sums it up and makes it like better than any episodes is really just Monk acting to act. Like, I don't know how he's <laughs> like acting like he's acting um, where he's like in the play. So like from him, that whole scene where he's doing the play 
and he's acting and when he's laughing on the table and uh, like I have I have specific things written down but it's like it's that whole just yeah. thing. So Him being in the play is so funny. Yeah, I have I love this entire episode, obviously, you know, by the ranking, but the the acting is easily my favorite thing of the, you know, whole season. But I think where you're going with because it, it's hard to say like, well, because he does it so much. He's there's so so many mm-hmm. acting scenes. So the first time we see is whenever, you know, he is watched the play. He memorizes the lines after seeing it one time. Then the first time we see him, he's reenacting that scene. He's being Hal's part and he's doing it perfectly. Yeah. And reciting everything word for word perfect. The director sees him and then gives him a part in the play you know, for a couple shows. Then the next scene that we see would be him with Jenna Ryan because that's his new co-star. So they're doing the play together and he doesn't have the same type of magic he had the first time. So the director's trying to give him directions. So we see that. Then the then the next, the third scene that we see is when Monk has to go on stage and then yeah. he gets his case of stage fright. So yeah. There's three huge scenes where he's acting out this same exact part, does it in three completely different ways. And so, and that's the absolute best parts of the whole season. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. by far. And so, like, so one of those is, um, I think it's in the first rehearsal. So it's that middle one, you know, after he's already given the part in the play, but he's, he's rehearsing and, um, the producer, the director, whatever he's going, um, he's like, you gotta, you swagger. And, like, how we talked about it before, Monk's like, mm-hmm. I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. And I love it when he just looks at yeah. it and he's like, oh, I don't think so. Yeah, that is really good. So, like like he said, this is one of our favorite episodes <clears throat> of all time. So, we always say lines from this episode. So, the first one is, hey, cuz... Did you miss me? And so if you don't know what we're talking about, please just go watch this episode right now. Uh, so that's the his first opening line where he leans back on the door and he puts his leg. Or he doesn't lean he, back on the door. No, no, no. His fir- No, he does. He puts his leg up on the door and he does it perfectly. And he says, yeah. hey, cuz, did you miss me? Hope you don't mind. I let myself in. And then he has the apple and he tosses the apple to his, you know, from one hand to the other. And he walks in and he's like, your husband's downtown drowning himself in scotch and soda. And, uh, and then he has to flip over the table, which he can't flip over the table. Um, what else does he do? He, well, he does really well. Oh, and Sharona, she's the one that's standing in place of Jenna Ryan at first. Mm-hmm. And then so he goes to grabs like, her shirt. He grabs her shirt because he's supposed to do it like provocatively like, yeah. oh, I'm undressing you. And so he kind of just like scoots her shirt off and she's like, what are you doing? Oh no, what are you, do- what are you doing? <laughs> and then there's another part where she says, you're good. Yeah. yeah. And then, um. So there's a line where he says, a man can't count on used to be the way he's supposed to. I'm supposed to be in jail. You're supposed to be waiting for me. Right. She's like, I'm going to call, I'm going to call the police or I'm going to call my husband or something. And then he's supposed to say, you'll do nothing. Yeah. And you know, in that accent or whatever. So he, he just, he, right. He gets the part. He does does it it flawlessly. And then. Cause he's the only guy who's a memorized all of the lines because he's only seen it once and then the the other director I guess whatever his helper he's like this no one's ever seen this play like we only had one thing and he's like I must have memorized it on accident sorry sorry <laughs> <laughs> and then so then he gives him the part and then like I said we see him with Jenna Ryan doing 
practicing with her in the in the rehearsal, and so that's whenever he does when he says you know you got to use swagger because Muck's kind of like doesn't quite have it the way he had it before, um, and then um, he's starting to actually realize like what he's doing, and so it's like whenever he wants him to flip over the table, and he's supposed to say you know who ordered the tossed salad and start laughing, and so but Monk's like doesn't want to flip the table over so he wants to like he wants to put away groceries, groceries angrily roughly yeah yeah what if what if my character doesn't want to flip over the table what if he wants to put away groceries you know roughly and starts like acting like he's putting away and he's like just flip over the table and so he's like okay and then so he gently puts the table on its side and he says okay now you said now you say who ordered the tossed salad and he's like who ordered a toss salad? <laughs> and he's like, what was that? And he was like, I was laughing. And he's like, well, try a real laugh. And then and then he goes, He, I guess the director starts talking to somebody else. Yeah, because the camera kind of pans away. But Monk's like still there in like the foreground like laughing. But he's like doing all of his <laughs>, laughs. And it keeps going back to him. And he's <laughs> like laughing. And he's like, has his hands on his hips. And he's like, ah. Because <laughs> he doesn't know how to laugh, it's so ridiculous. And then it shows him again in the last one. He's he's like slunched sli- over, hunched over, slamming the table like, yeah, like hit beating on the table. It's so funny. It's so good. And then the final one is when he's on stage, and he's pushed out on stage, and then he, the door closes behind him. But someone has pushed him out past his mark. So he's in the middle of the stage when he's supposed to have a door behind him and then he puts his foot up. Like he's leaning like on he's the leaning door. on the door and there's no door there. And he's like, Hey cuz, did you miss me? Talking so quiet. <laughs> he's talking so quiet and then he like wa- not waddles but like what struts Almost like, like a like, like a old, Yeah like, like a bow legged cowboy. Like, Hope you don't mind I let myself in and then he grabs his crotch and like pushes it up. <laughs> <laughs> and then flips and lays the table over just, again. And the, yeah, and ordered the toss salad. Out. I don't remember what laugh he does there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he goes and he, uh, what does he do? He grabs the purse like towards the end of the scene, and he grabs the purse and. Uh, oh, because she says, "I'm gonna call my husband," and he says, "Your husband downtown <laughs> drying himself with scotch and soda." <laughs> Because he's gone from being completely, utterly quiet. You can't hear him until he screams. <laughs> and then he grabs the purse and he has it. And she, what does she say? I don't remember. Her. She says something. She's like, you better get out of here or else. Oh, wait, 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 wait. She grabs the money. And, he, and she's like, oh, do you want my money? He's like, you think, think I want, want your pocket change? You think that's why I came back? <laughs> And then, yeah, and then, and then she says, "You better leave, or else I'll do something." And then he goes, "You'll do." He has he has the apple. Yeah, and then he's like, "You'll do nothing." (laughs) And punches the air with the purse. Like, oh my gosh, this would be so much better if you could see us reenacting this because it is golden. But I love her reaction. Is like she just keeps going, and she's like, just. 
um, okay, do you want some money? Like, she's reading her parts or doing her parts, you know? And he's, like, totally butchering this. Yeah, and then the, I think the only other thing we missed was whenever he comes in and he's supposed to toss the apple yeah. from one hand to <laughs> the other. Because he's so nervous that he just throws it up in the air and just doesn't even try to catch it. It just <laughs> falls on the ground. That was that was good too. Yeah. So that was like the, the obviously the main thing. Um, but you know, so the murder, the we don't necessarily know what exactly happened, obviously was a good part to it. Also the the, the scene where he's speed dating. Mm-hmm. And he's sitting yeah, there with these that. women and they're going around and he's like, calls out the lady on her age. Yep. And talks about his wife's murder to one. Yep. And then one of them, she's like interested in him and he's like, oh, I just came for her. And yeah. she's like, oh, well, I'm sorry that I wasted your time. And he's like, no problem. <laughs> yep. Those are all great. Yeah, I love that. I have all the lies that Sharona told, right? Yeah. She says, okay. Uh, my mom's coming. She forgets her mom's coming yeah. because of the whole murder thing that happened. And she's like, okay, Monk, please just go along with me. Um, so Benji's on the honor roll. Oh, okay. Oh, my rent's only $900. Okay. Oh, and I broke up with Steve. Okay. And now I'm dating this guy named Ronnie. He's a stockbroker. Um, also, you have a full medical plan and dental. And I'm your partner, not your assistant. And then Monk says congratulations <laughs> so it was really cute because it was you know a little mini sharona like scheme where she's lying to her mom and mm. monk's just like such a good sport and goes along with it so all those things were funny and monk's a good sport so yeah monk was a good sport on that that's i mean other than the whole episode there wasn't anything else that i liked about it and this one i feel like i love slash hate the criminal right jenna ryan she's mm-hmm. Uh, she's so like almost on the nose, like, oh my gosh, your sister did it. I'm sorry that she did it. And you're like, you did it, whatever. Yeah. Um, I always like Gail. That's, she's great. Uh, we saw her in Mr. Monk and the earthquake, the prop switching. That's clever with the yeah. knife. Yeah. And that's what I was saying. Just the plot, the overall plot of it, like the creative murder, like even if you took out the scenes where Monk's acting. Like, it still would have been a good whodunit mm-hmm. kind of episode, you know. And my last thing would be that I like Sharona's mom. She's funny. She actually has, like, funny moments. Yeah. Where Randy's mom, we meet her. She's not that funny. No. Sharona's mom is actually funny. Yeah, like, so. she's a character. Like, she's a standalone character. Yeah. She's, yeah, she's really funny. Um, there was one that I remembered, too, though, um... It's just a kind of like little quick funny one, but when they're trying to get information from the doorman, and um, the the doorman is like holding out to get money, and so they try to bribe him. Monk pulls out like a one, and then Sharona ends ends up giving him what like twenty or forty bucks, something like that. And so Monk's like, um, okay, so the tip, so the bribe was forty dollars. Um, we gave you forty one or forty two or whatever. Well, I think it was forty four. Yeah, yeah, forty four. And so he goes, so can I get my four dollars back? And they're like, are you serious? And he's like, okay, just take that $4 and it's going to be used to the future, any future bribes. <laughs> yeah, that is good. Um, so my last thing would be um, Sharona, which he goes to tackle Jenna yeah. Ryan during the play because she sees Jenna's about to stab Monk for real. Yeah, I will clean it up since this is a family show, but 
she tackles Jenna Ryan, and when Monk does the summation, she says, oh my gosh, my dad, I had no clue that he was going to do that. You know, I had nothing to do with this. And Sharona says, shut up, witch. Show's over. <laughs> that was amazing. And then Sharona's mom gets on the stage and says, my daughter, the detective. Yeah. And then the, everyone claps. claps. Yeah. And then Monk and Sharona go to the center stage and they bow. And it's so sweet. And it was a perfect way to end the episode. That was so, it's just so good. Yeah. It was a perfect way to end our countdown, too. Yeah. With the final bow. Yeah. You know? I, I, the other episodes were great, but, oh, man. That yeah. one gets me every time. Every time is fantastic. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that was our final episode for our countdown. We wanted to do one more thing and talk about season two highs and lows for Monk. Right? So, they're Monk personally yeah, yeah, his yeah, personal yeah. struggles or his personal yeah. triumphs not the funniest moments of the season um, the... not even not as they relate to a case or yeah. trudy or anything just personal moments for monk specifically so do you want to start with our lows so we're going to okay. do top three lows of the season so we'll do number three first on the lows yeah and um so this one comes from the circus this was the suck it up moment so we talked a little bit about, you know, not liking the fact that Monk was just essentially blatant disregard for Sharona's feelings. Um, yeah. So we, we kind of discussed that. But it, it just really the the 0% of empathy that he had for someone that is special in his life, but also just for someone else that's going through something that's similar to him. Yeah. You and know? she takes care of him and all she takes the time. Care, all the time. And so for someone that's afraid of something that, again, maybe not to monk, is it realistic? But it's like maybe it doesn't have to be. But just for him to not even understand that or see that or anything, like I felt like it was a little bit out of character. But at the same time, even if it was in his character, it was really like low. Like that was a yeah. low blow. To hit on somebody. Yeah. Which I actually honestly feel like it is within his character to disregard other people's feelings. But that was very extreme. Yeah. Yeah. We'll because see. he always does a little bit. But he also has times where he shows like extreme empathy. Mm-hmm. Which it's like all of us, right? It's like we all have ups and downs in our days or our lives or whatever. But um, yeah, definitely was a moment where you're like, holy crap. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's yeah. like they could have spun it into a joke. Where maybe she like brushed it off and like and they and they did a little bit where where she joked around, but it was, uh, but you could tell and Sharona did a really great job with that and it was like, but she was hurt, yeah, like that was that was rough, um, but uh, and then you hit it on it, um, you know, really your main thing about not liking was that he had promised not to laugh, yeah, like he promised specifically not to laugh at whatever she was about to tell him and then did so and then followed up with suck it up like not only did you promise break your promise laugh at me then you told me to suck it up so for monk's character i felt like that was a pretty big low in the season yeah agreed uh so let's see the number two low for monk this season would be in the sleeping suspect when it kind of is a culmination of different things that are happening to Monk where he actually ends up being jealous of the coma patient 
that yeah, you know he's sad. he's doing the crime for or ends up being the criminal. Because the first thing is we see Doctor Kroger's going on vacation, and so he's in complete denial that he's going on vacation. Yep. He's like, you know, we'll talk. He's like, Adrian, we'll I've been te- I've, yeah. I've been telling you about this for a month, and he's like, okay, and he's like, yeah. So remember this time because I'm telling you, and he's like, okay, all right, we'll talk about it Thursday, and he's like, okay, well. That yeah. just went out the window again. Yeah. Then the second thing would be we talked about Sharona going to New Jersey with Trevor, yes. her ex. Like so about to leave him. About to leave him. And he's like, you're just leaving me in the lurch. And she's like, is this not the lurch? And he's like, yes, this is the lurch. And so he obviously, Sharona's leaving him in the lurch. So again, the culmination of those two moments, Sharona's leaving him, Kroger's gone. And then he is talking with this coma patient as if he is his therapist. Because he doesn't have one. Because he doesn't have one. Or an assistant in the near future. And then he, I mean, he actually has a serious moment with the coma patient where he says, you know, savor these moments. You're going to miss them whenever you have to wake up. And yeah. that's a pretty, like, deep, like, thought. Like, he basically just wishes that he was in a coma. Yeah. Like, yeah. Very kinda, sad. Yeah. So that was our number two. <clears throat> low so number one low of the season um so don't worry guys it'll it'll get better when we hit the highs. yeah so, um so number one low was uh in the granny episode so um you know if you remember this episode where the granny gets kidnapped in the will in the uh, rocking chair and then they realize that they stole the rocking chair this and that but one of the big kind of like secondary stories in this episode was um, Monk going back for a reinstatement because yeah. of the, the granny's daughter or, or granddaughter, I guess, yeah. um, was a crappy lawyer, but was a lawyer enough who came up with the idea of using the, the Americans with Disability Act to try to get him back on the force. So, but in order for that to happen, he has to admit or say or claim that he is disabled. And so obviously all of the lawyer people, everyone was like, oh yeah, like you're disabled. So yeah, use this thing. And he had never thought of it as being a disability. Yeah. And so when he looks at Sharona and goes, am I disabled? Like that alone is like a heartbreaking, like, for one, he's this adult male who is, you know, and you're like, holy cow. And you're going. And Sharona says, well, it's the only way. It's the only way, you know, and he's like, and he's so desperate for it. And it's like just everything that like he wants is in that and is in that question, you know. Um, and he sells it so good, but, and you feel it, you know, am I disabled? And people can relate to that, you know? And then, so, but it goes further to his, you know, that's like the start of it, right? That starts asking the question. And then it goes to the part where he's taking the test and he can't, he he got through one question in what was it? 30 minutes or an hour test or whatever, because he literally could not stand the pencils, the eraser marks, um, filling it inside the circle on the scantron. Like, he couldn't, even though he knew all the answers, he couldn't bring himself to do all that. So uh, that did nothing but further the thought that he was disabled. Yeah. Which led to him locking himself in his Stottlemyre's office. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it just led to all of this stuff, but essentially all came off of the, the fact of, like, him never really considering himself as disabled Mm -hmm. and i think for someone to go through that process mentally is like it's sad to watch yeah and then seeing him bomb that test was and they 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 left so much time we talked about that 
the scene was so long and it was like a devastating scene and it felt like eternity because you're watching this guy like just bomb and like watching a car crash, you know, and you just you can't take your eyes off of it. And and the acting was so good and it was so well directed and like shot, but holy crap, like yeah. watching him go through that was just tough. Yeah. Yeah. So sad. Let's talk about the highs. <laughs> if you suggest. It's too sad. Okay, so these are the top three highs, personal highs <laughs> of Monk in season two. We're going to start with number three, which is um, in Mr. Monk Goes to Jail. Right. So, okay, you might see this as a low, but he works with Dale the Whale. However, he does it for Trudy, right? Uh, because at the beginning of the episode, when he goes into the prison, he is extremely claustrophobic. Doesn't want to take the case at all. Doesn't care, like, oh, this guy was going to die in, in 45 minutes anyway. Who cares? It feels like a prison in here. So he's obviously claustrophobic, wants to get out. But then when Dale the Whale summons him to his prison cell, then he says, okay, I have information about Trudy. So then you're like, eh, he's working with Dale the Whale. That stinks. But he's doing it for Trudy. And then for the rest of the episode, he's in severe danger the rest of the time. Like, repeatedly... Even when he comes back to be a police officer, that's when he gets lured into the the laundry room where all the Nazis come after mm -hmm. him. And Spider almost kills him because he thinks he touched his stuff. Then he oh, almost yeah. kills him again because he thinks he touched his watch yeah. and took it. And then the yard, the guys think that he's dissing him about the basketball. Uh, he accuses the guy of taking the watch, which he did. But the guy's about to beat him up. There's multiple, multiple times where he's in severe danger and he overcomes his claustrophobia, overcomes the fear of dying just because of Trudy. Yeah. So that's that's the number three high of the season. Number two. Um, <clears throat> so this one is, again, it, it's kind of a, oh, geez, what's the word? Somber moment of, of what it is, but... Um, it actually comes in the the ball player. The professional baseball player had lost the woman that he loved and was sitting on the bench. He was helping, uh, you know, Benji with his baseball swing, and he's mm -hmm. sitting on the bench while Benji's over there. Sharana's throwing the ball to him and stuff. But you see a part of Monk because he asks, uh, you know, the, the, the MLB player asks him, you know, how do you do it? How do you keep going? You know, he felt like a part had been just ripped out of him and, like, he couldn't go on. And Monk tells him that um, he just keeps working and trying to be the man that she loves. So, you know, seeing Monk's, I guess, strength in that moment that that's what he does, I think that's where the high comes from is, yeah. you know, seeing, again, how much he goes through on a daily basis, but just the high of what Trudy means to him and what that, that impact that that has on his life. And that, and then he reiterates it, you know, he says, it's all you can do, be the man she loved. And for one, it's like he just constantly pushes forward with Trudy being the love of his life and being this person that meant so much to him. And I think that that's so great that you get to see that in that moment that that's like what he does every day of his life. And it's like, for us, it's like, we can learn something from that. Like, you can be that even when somebody's alive, you know, or whatever. But it's like, be the man she loved. So I, th I thought that was really great. Yeah. And then to just to add a little bit to that would be that we say that Trudy's case is the premise of the show. Yeah. He's trying to figure out who murdered her. 
but you see in this very quote, in this very moment that he knows that it's not like, oh, I'm going to figure out her murder and then I can die or something. You know, it's like, no, I've got to be the man that she loved when she was alive. So it's more than just her murder. Yeah. He's living for her. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Then the yeah. next, the number one's kind of somber too. I know. Um, so the number one high for Monk this season is in Mr. Monk and the Three Pies when he repairs his relationship with Ambrose. Obviously, we didn't even know that he had a brother before this episode starts. Uh, so he gains a brother back just by just by answering his call, which, I mean, Sharona does it for him. But and pushes he, and pushes and but pushes. He, you know, him pushes and pushes. But he does agree to go to his house, investigate, you know, his brother, you know, help, you know, the, the crime or whatever he thinks that happened. So it's like... Monk is that angry and harbors that much anger and resentment towards Ambrose because, and maybe you could think rightfully so, because Trudy dies, he never calls, he doesn't come to the funeral, anything like that. But Monk still has all of that disdain and still brings himself to go into the house he grew up in, go see his brother, talk to his brother, have a conversation with him. And then through that, discovers why this rift was there in the first place why he didn't call because he feels like he's responsible for Trudy's death. Like that's, I mean, obviously it's a huge burden, but Monk never would have realized that if he hadn't sucked up his pride and gone to see his brother. Yeah. So I feel like it's a really high moment in that he overcomes that anger, which I feel like a lot of people could learn from that. And he has, he has that moment with his brother where they cry together and Mm -hmm. he hugs him. And it's, I mean, it's a pretty pivotal moment for the show, mm-hmm. and I think for you know, it's not just a feel good moment. It's it's like a like a life changing moment. Yeah, you know, if, if, this is season two, and he ga- literally gains a brother. He his mother died. His mm-hmm. father is gone. They're the only family that each other has, and so now they have yeah. each other. And Ambrose does come back, and so he has when, a brother. And he lost his brother when he lost Trudy, because that's like they talk about that. Like that's whenever they quit. You know, he didn't show up to the funeral. Yeah. Like, and it's so, true. So it's like that day or that time he lost a, a wife and a brother. And then so for him to get one of those back and like continue just to move forward, I thought that was yeah, pretty great. That is great. Uh, yeah, so that was our three lows and our three highs for Monk this season two. Um, do you have any final thoughts on season two as a whole? Great season. It was really actually pretty difficult as we went through to kind of figure out what episodes were, you know, or, or to rank the episodes, I guess I yeah. should say. Um, because there were a lot of them that it were... It was fun, though. It was. It was, it was fun. fun and having, like, the debate of it. So, you know, for all the junk bunkers at home, like grab a friend and watch season two and then have a debate and, and discuss what episodes where. And... Or do season three. That will be oh. our next episode coming up. Yeah. Or, uh, ne- yeah, our next bonus episode. Bonus episode, yeah. So do season three and just, um, I don't know, like talk through it because it's fun because you get to, you know, it's like you notice some parts, I notice some parts, you know, and everyone notices different things. And so getting to talk through it, I think, is really fun. It's like a Monk and Trona dynamic. Yeah, there you go. Um, But no, no, no. It was really fun. You know, I appreciate you asking me to do this with you. And I had a blast getting to watch season two again. 
and going through. Obviously, I think Mr. Monk Goes to the Theater is my favorite episode in the series, but um, so getting to watch that again was really fun, but, but just getting to kind of go back through everything um, and talk Monk was, yeah. was really fun. Yeah, so for my overall season two thoughts, I guess better than season one. Um, you know, we're introduced to characters, obviously, in season one mm-hmm. because it's the beginning. But in this one, we have even more. We have Sharona's mom, Randy's mom, Stottlemyre's wife, uh, Ambrose, Kevin Dorfman. Like, those are some great characters that we see throughout the show. I feel like we've learned a lot and hopefully we'll learn more about Trudy and her case as we go forward. We're going to start with him being in New York and hopefully getting some answers there. Yeah, I you, think that's... Yeah, it's been a while since you've like watched a show and it's been like every week, oh, I just tune in and it's like, especially a show like Monk like that. Can you imagine, like, I can't put myself back in whatever, 15 years ago. <laughs> Whereas like yeah. watching it, what, dear, 10 years ago, watching it every week, once a week, like, oh, Monk's coming on again. It's like, it's nice to be able to sit down and just be like, let's watch three episodes of Monk, you know? Oh, yeah. I like that. So, um, if you're, if you're good with your wrap up, I think we're done. And again, we appreciate you guys listening. Um, hopefully you have got some insight. I know this obviously was a long one, but we had to talk about 16 episodes. So we, I think we did pretty good. Hopefully you stuck around with us this long and, uh, we will be back. I don't know who I'll have for season three, but it's going to be a good one. And thank you, John, for coming onto the show. So thank you. All right. We're just going to see you junk monkers later. Howdy ho. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Junk Monk Podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, follow us at Junk Monk Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. If you want to know more about Candace, she is at Hardens and Hardhats on Instagram. And if you want to know more about me, John H., just re-listen to this episode. Also, don't forget to catch up on Monk with Amazon Prime Video. Don't forget to subscribe to our show. You'll thank me later.